Street Fight Radio listeners. I'm glad you're here. Sunday night, time for a street fight. We're doing it live here on camera in the WCRS studios downtown Columbus. You can watch us on Twitch. You can watch us on Facebook every single week. We're taking your calls. The number to dial is 614-412-5252. We'll be here for a few hours. We usually go... Can you turn me up in my ears? Sure. I'll do that after the intro. <laughs> uh, that is my co-host, Brian Quinby. My name is Brett Payne. We have in the sitting in the studio with us today, username Joshua. You, He's been in here before. Y'all know him from Twitter online. You can find more of what we do over at streetfireradio.com. And you can support WCRS by going to wcrsfm.org. And clicking on programs, you can find all the other wonderful things that are on Street Fight Radio. Sorry, not on Street Fight Radio, on WCRSFM.org. I'm excited. I'm ready to take some calls. We had a great show this week. We did a live show with Chapo Trap House on Wednesday. They came to town. They really liked it. We showed them a good time. But now, we need to talk about bad customer service situations military recruitment, small business tyrants, you name it, we're here to answer your calls. And especially if you're running away from any sort of religious cults, we'd be happy to talk to you as well. Thanks for being here. I've said that like a billion times, but I mean it every time. How's it going, dude? Pretty good so far? It was the harsh weekend for Brett. He was in a bad mood yesterday. He was real grumpy. Around, I, we, we hung out together, but he was grumpy and I was happy. And uh, now that means that he's known as the grump and I'm known as the happy boy. <laughs> Yeah, I was not in the best mood at all. <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to go hang out hang outside when it was forty seven degrees. I agree. Dude, you were right. You know what I mean? I'm just like the type of dude that's like, Well, if I gotta do it, I gotta do it and I tried not to whine, but I was miserable actually when I got home. We were supposed to sleep outside and it was like forty degrees and I was like, Okay, well I'm gonna go ahead and go home instead of sleeping outside because nobody was sleeping outside. It's too cold. They went into the house and slept. So I go into I go home and I am wearing one. I'm wearing Compression shorts, because I only wear those now under my clothes, since a, li- a wonderful listener turned me on to them. Two, my wife's leggings. Three, a pair of sweatpants. A One of these, what are these shirts called? Thermal? A, a thermal shirt. A American Giant hoodie and a t-shirt. I had so, I had a dresser full of clothing on yesterday. It's the least comfortable I think I've been in a long time. It was horrible. Like, leggings, great. I am gonna start wearing leggings now, Brett. Yeah, they're a big, uh, they're a must, I'm sorry, they're a necessity. It feels good to have everything just tight in there. Women have had it right for so long. You know what I mean? Just everything get like tight in there. You know, just like the legs, the beans. They don't even have beans and they get, they get it tight in there. You know what I mean? They're smart. It's a smart move to do that. I learned that this year. That's a big learning thing since I grew up in a time where you had to wear the loosest possible things. They also, when you take them off, you feel really sleek like a cat. You can like just slink around the house and 
lay on your side and rub your legs. I took them off immediately. I didn't want my wife to see me walking around in leggings. Oh, I've, I, I, if I wear them in the house, that's all I'm wearing. I've seen you. I don't you, put pants over them. I personally have seen you in leggings. So it's not even just like that he does it when he's alone at the house. He, he wears leggings in the house. I just was like, my wife was like, try them on. And then some of the listeners are going to get annoyed with me, but I'm like, I'm not wearing girls pants. I'm still the guy. I'm sorry. You have a lot of toxic masculinity. I do. I do. I really do. Internalized. I just felt weird about it. But then she was like, there's no difference. Like, you, you want to go buy men's ones anyway. What's the difference between the men's and the women's? Yeah, same polyester. Yeah. And she's right. She was. T- these were lined. Fleece lined. Oh, those are good ones. Yeah. I thought it was going to be colder than it was. I mostly spent yesterday sweating. So... That was fun. But, uh, yeah, we had a good time with the Chapo boys. Uh, I, I want to get something out of the way that we said on stage because you're probably not going to hear it because their listeners hate it when they post their live shows. <laughs> but, uh, when we were on stage, uh, I want, we let everybody know that on Tuesday, last Tuesday night, we had Will, Felix, and Matt over to Brett's house. We fed them Angie's Pizza. Classic. Round pizza. Since 53. Yeah. Thin crust with cut in squares. And they loved it. Yeah. So They all got belly aches. Yeah. And everybody. But, dude, if you would have seen, because we were talking about it online, people were like, don't let them guys feed you that crappy pizza. And I was like, nope. No, it's not crappy. You're saying that from some other place. You're saying that from a place that has never tried it. And that's where you're at. You have a prejudice and just chalk up a victory for the street fight boys in the pizza department. We know what's good pizza. Now I'm totally convinced that if street fight bombs, Brett, we're moving to fucking Brooklyn and opening an Ohio style pizza shop and we're going to make a zillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Great business. Venture. And then once we do it six months after we do it. Every city is going to have a pizza shop like that, and they're going to charge triple for the pizza, and they're going to be like, this is like the most, this is the best kind. I don't know if you've heard of this kind of pizza. It's like a a Midwestern style, and then people are going to be all over it. Like, we know what people like. Don't ever doubt us. Don't ever doubt me and Brett. We know what people enjoy. So... That's a little bit of news I needed to get out of the way. That, like, I have still never had a person come to Columbus, Ohio, try our pizza, and not say it's great. It's fucking great. So, if you're ever coming to Columbus... Settles it. Yeah. If you're ever coming to Columbus, you know, you can take the challenge with us, but... You know, I don't want any prejudiced people coming, you know? I don't want you to come in and not, like, not automatically want to like it, you know? Or you automatically want to hate it. I That's just... A thing. Unacceptable. What? Street pie. (laughs) I watched a couple of uh, movies. Over once the guys left town, I decided to, you know, rest and watch some movies. I checked out Mandy, which is a movie that a lot of the listeners have told me I needed to check out. And you were right. I enjoyed it. It was good. It was fucking weird. You're all a bunch of weirdos for asking me to watch it. But I also watched Eighth Grade. And, like, if you ever want to know how I feel on a daily basis... Watch eighth grade. I am the dad and that the dad that gets screamed at by his 14 year old daughter all day and all night. That is exactly me. That is always how I feel. Dejected and screamed at by a child. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I mean, you get it too. It's not just me though. My daughter does it to everybody. She like just. I mean, fourteen-year-old girls make people feel bad. That's like their job. That's she can't make me feel bad. She doesn't make you ever just feel like ugh. No, you're good though. You're like really good at stuff because you're not her dad, so you can't embarrass her, right? Right. Because I embarrass her. Yeah, that's where you. That's the thing. You're you have the problem of being her dad. Yeah, because I I know that you brought her a birthday present, and uh, I thought you just brought her flowers. I told my wife I was like, Brett and Erica just gave her flowers. I'm sure she threw them at the back of their head as they walked out the door. And Kate was like, No, she gave them. Kate was like, no, they gave her $20, too. And I was like, oh, now he's their favorite person in the entire world. <laughs> I used to be an anti-cash gift giver, but then that's what everybody's after. Yeah. You know, like, it's hard to go back and forth. Certain people, if I have something in mind, I would get it for him. But for her, I knew there was nothing that we would get right. We tried to get, we got her, we got her a poop sequin pillow, mm-hmm. which she said was too kiddish. But I'm just thinking that, like, she wants to be old, and now all the old people I know are try to be kids. Yeah. So I think I messed up the math in my head. It is weird. That, you know, that's a really weird thing you just brought up that I don't really think about a lot, is that, like, teenagers still want to be adults, no matter how much adults want to be children. No, they want to, they want to, like, she wanted her room to look like a Pier 1 import. Yes. Like, she yes. wants to have, like, uh, like uh, lanterns. Or like wooden lanterns hanging from the ceiling with like a real hefty rope mm-hmm. and maybe some, you know, light bulbs in there, some candles. Meanwhile, 47-year-old men have action figures stacked up all over their bedroom and stuffed yeah. fucking Captain Americas on their bed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, really successful women have unicorn rooms. <laughs> <laughs> what a conundrum. What a weird thing now. That, like, I know this isn't, like, breaking new ground or anything like that. But it is, like, how do we satisfy? Like, how does this happen? How does it flip Grass back? Grass is always greener, man. But say, let, let me bring it up like this, though. Let me say it like this. When you're 14 and all you want to do is be an adult, I let her drive because her birthday was last week. You, let you her didn't drive? know I let her drive? No, no. I let her drive. Uh, her birthday was on October 9th. So on that Monday, before me and Brett went out to party and stuff, uh, we went out and got a smoothie. And I took her to Walmart because she wanted to buy some jacket. And on the way home, she's been talking about driving for like a month. Really? Yeah. By soon, I'm going to be able to drive? In two years, I can drive. I'm almost 14. In two years, I can drive. I can get my learner's permit next year. And I'm like... Well, first of all, the Ohio laws have changed so much since I was a kid. I don't think you can get your learner's permit that early. And I think you have to drive a certain amount of hours with an adult in a car before you're allowed to drive alone. Um, Even once you have your license, like even once you have your license, I think until you're like 17 or 18, you have to drive with an adult a certain amount of hours. And it's just a bunch of stuff, right? There's a bunch of new laws. I had to do that. So I took her to... Well, I didn't. See, here's how I got my license. That's I guess why. we you can give a little. Know. You're ignorant. We why. can give a little Brian Quinby history. I didn't get my license until I was 23 years old. And then they just give it to you if you fill out the paperwork. Yeah, I got my temps and I drove my wife around when she got too drunk to drive a lot for about six months. And then I just went and took the test and I got it, you know. But uh, yeah, so she wanted to drive. So I'm an anarchist. I don't think you should put an age on driving. I firmly believe that there doesn't need to be an age limit on driving because age ain't none but a number. 
is a thing. And yeah, like, we used to, when I was 14, we used to steal my friend's mom's van and drive it around in the middle of the night just fine. <laughs> right. I know. We used to drive at thir- 12 and 13. We used to steal my buddy's dad's car and just cruise around town when it snowed in the fucking snow on snow days. My friend's dad would go to work and leave his car there and we would get the car and we would get high and drive that thing around all day. So it's like, but that's not responsible. What no, I'm no, talking no. about, what I'm talking about is like, a 14-year-old, I know 16-year-olds that are don't have the same maturity level as, like, a 14-year-old of, like, my daughter. I've just seen them, you know? There's dipshits out there. Me! I was one when I was 16. But, like, I know that there are 14-year-olds that could handle driving a car. I don't understand why age is the way that you decide this when there is a test anyway. Like, you have to pass a test to get to do it anyway, right? Sure. So why not just give them, let them take the test as soon as they're 13, 14 years old? Who cares? People, when cars first came out, you could drive them when you were eight, I think. I'm like, I'm not 100% sure of that. I don't, I wasn't around then, but I'm sure before driver's licenses, I mean, you're probably getting into some pretty young ages driving cars. You yeah. Know? You also had a full-time job. I know. You had to get to work. You had to get to the fucking sweatshop. But, uh, <laughs> So I uh, took her to a parking lot and uh, I let her get in the driver's seat and just she idled. Basically, she just did let it pull her along the five miles an hour. And I was like, you know, if you hit the gas, it'll move a little faster. And she hit the gas and it got up to seven miles an hour and it scared her. So she hit the brake and then got out and said, you can you can drive now. So she wasn't so into it. I'm going to take her to it. That's a, good, though. Yeah. I'm going to take her to a huge parking lot next. Just a place where, like, you can't hit anything. Nothing's going to happen. The problem is we live in the city. So there's not a lot of places for kids to drive where I am. So I need to take her out to the suburbs or something so she can drive around, like, a parking lot or something like that. I was going to let her drive last night out in the boonies, but I was a little like, mm, maybe not. Those are 50-mile-an-hour roads. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> So there's maniac hillbillies driving 70 on these 45 mile an hour roads. I think I'm going to not do that. But right. my wife is firmly against it, by the way, for people who are asking. My wife does not want to be in a car when she drives. She would prefer it if I didn't take her driving. But, I mean, I get to make some calls, too. Some decisions are mine. I'm going to let her drive. I think it's cool. I always wanted to drive. My dad never let me drive. Not a one time. Oh, that's against the law. You got to have a driver license to uh drive in a parking lot so i don't know this yeah, is fun you're, now you're a cool dad it's fun it's cool take your 14 year old driving you got a 14 year old out there a, a good way to get some some points out of them nice drive and that's what you're shooting for when they turn 14 is points you want points you want to be like okay she likes me for this seven minutes this feels great <laughs> all right <sighs> well i think we need to start the show uh prime the pump okay so to speak for the calls uh so back when i was 17 years old 16 actually probably or 16 early 17 i had a job at chuck e cheese and uh somebody i have talked about this on the show in the past how i worked at chuck e cheese and somebody today sent me a video of people fighting in a chuck a e brawl. cheese a real fight like 10 people going at it, you know, like punching hard. And it just reminded me of like the situation 
that you get in at Chucky at, at when you're a teenager and you work at a place, you know, because that stuff happened when I worked there too. There were always people fighting. If you think about the central core part of my job for a period of the time that I worked there, I was a 16 year old druggie whose job was to put on a three year old kid's birthday party and make it perfect for their doting parents. And anybody who has like young kids knows that each one of those birthday parties is so important to the parents. I mean, I go to Brett's daughter's birthday parties and they're meticulously planned out and they're done in such a way that they're perfect. You know, the ones we did for my daughter when she was real, perfect, meticulous planning, you know, great theming, everything. But when I was 16, I didn't have the ability, first of all, to care. You know what I mean? So, I used to do these parties and I remember if something would, so uh, I had to dress up as Chuck E. Cheese a lot of time. Okay. And I would, I would be a part of the party. So I would go out and I would get them the cake and I would bust their table. I'd go in the back room and I'd put on a Chuck E. Cheese costume and start playing the birthday song. And you come out, they had two songs. You come out and you dance to two songs in the Chuck E. Cheese costume. And then you go back to the back, take the costume off, run back out and finish doing the birthday. That's I know. I know. <laughs> a lot. I know. It's a lot for a 16-year-old. Uh, so I would get back out there, and they would say, where were you during the thing? We were looking for you, and we needed you to do this. And they would start screaming at me. They didn't know that you were the mouse? They didn't get in their mind. You were allowed to say it? I mean, the thing at Chuck E. Cheese is, it's probably like this at Disney, too. If you say you were the mouse, then that is grounds for termination. If you talk oh, in wow. the mouse costume, breaking kayfabe is grounds for termination. And they, they kind of just made you afraid to let people know that you were the mouse. So there's one time where I'm out there and I'm dancing with these people and, and I'm doing this thing. And I keep hearing these banging noises. And I don't know what they are. And then a kid punches me in the back of the fucking neck. And I realize I'm getting beat up. By a bunch of children, the, the horrible children whose birthday it is, <laughs> I'm out there dancing for them, are beating me up. Right. So they drag me back to the back, and they say, you don't have to go back out there anymore. You don't have to go through that anymore. And then the, the lady comes up, and she finds the manager. And she says three words to the manager that just have always stuck in my mind. And it's always happened. It's happened more than once. She said, this is unacceptable. So the manager sent me right back out there and that, and that ma sent me out there and yelled at me in front of her and all that stuff. It also happened when I worked for an internet service provider. There was a day where all the calls we were getting was for an outage because there, somebody cut a fiber optic line, right? So the whole ISP was out. Nobody had internet service. So the phones were just coming in. This queue was just popping all day. Boop, boop. Every time you hung up. I remember I told this guy, well, it's out because somebody cut a fiber optic line. And he said to me, that is unacceptable. And I said, okay. it like froze me. And I still have this visceral feeling of like, be, like this feeling in my head of how I felt when that guy said, this is unacceptable because it was like, like, I understand that it's wrong. But you have to accept it because that's the thing that's happening. No other option here. Yeah. So I wanted to hear other people's like bad customer service stories. So I got a thread on the Street Fighters group. Brett, if you have any, feel free to 
I got one. This okay. one was on Instagram. This was pretty funny. Is uh, my first shift as a counter person in a local restaurant also happened to be during the busiest part of the year, the five week stretch of the Contemporary American Theater Festival, which is as bougie as it sounds. A lady who was waiting for, who was waiting not too long for food came up asking for a rag to wipe down her table because she was in a rush to see a play. Not detecting her sarcasm, I gave her a rag and she literally threw it at my face. (laughs) She demanded to see the manager. Fortunately, the manager was super tight and happened to see the whole thing and asked them to leave. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. That is nuts. I had somebody. Do- I, I was telling. I was doing passive aggressive on you. You know, like that's what it is. <sighs> and they will give it to you. They will really. The customers are the worst people. So threw a rag in their face. Threw a rag. I heard somebody today who was employee of the month, right? And she she was a deli. She worked at a deli, okay. And she was slicing the cheese. For this person. So I'm going to slice you a pound of cheese, ma'am. But the per- the woman that she was slicing the cheese for wanted a piece of wax paper between each piece of cheese, which wasn't a standard practice for this place that she was working at. And the woman looks at her and says, I could get you fired, you know. Called the manager and the manager came up to her and said, she's on thin ice anyway. She's been in all kinds of trouble. Just threw her right under the bus to the customer. And I was like, that is evil. That is the most evil thing. Like the only thing you want as an employee is that manager to make you be the person that was right in that situation. You know, How many slices is a fucking pound of cheese? That sounds outrageous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably looking at about 16. Maybe I mean, an ounce a piece. I would have guessed way more than that. Yeah, I mean, it depends how thin you slice it. And there are so many people, though. There were the people are very wasteful when it, like people of the older generations are kind of wasteful. I when I worked at the grocery store, there were people that came in and said we'd be like uh, paper or plastic when they were coming to get the bags, and they would want two plastic bags with a paper bag on the inside. Like double bagged plastic, yes. and then put the paper bag inside the plastic bags and put the stuff in there, and it's like. That's an astounding waste of resources. <laughs> like, what are you doing with all these bags? No, the grocery store is so bad now. Like, when they, they're like, I get a pomegranate, and they're just like, I don't know what to do with this. Just put it in its own double bag. <laughs> I don't even know what this thing is. <laughs> yeah. Is that like a product or yeah. a skin or a, an animal part? Uh, I had them put, I had somebody, I got four bags for five items the other day (laughs) and I was so annoyed with it. And I was just tell, I kept telling them, you don't have to put that in a bag. And they'd be like, oh, it's no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Thousands of them here in the bag. (laughs) The good news is Kroger's doing away with plastic bags. True. I mean, and I usually, I, I keep mine in the car. Um, it's just a rare occasion where I don't have it and, I remember that that's those were literally the thoughts that pushed me to always have it in my car. Like it's not good enough to have an excuse because they don't give a fuck at those no. places. No, they want wanted- a yogurt. You're going to need two strong bags for that. That's 32 ounces. I can't put anything else in there with it. I can't bag your laundry detergent. Right. Like they put my la- when yes. they put my laundry detergent in a bag, my head heats up. Like I get so hot. I'm like that has a handle on it. <laughs> right. Milk in a bag. Yeah, double bag your milk. You have to ask that though as a cashier. When I was a cashier at Kroger, they said part of the thing is do you want your milk in a bag? You were supposed to say do you want your milk in a bag. I never did it. At the time, because I thought it was stupid at the time, because it's like the the bag handle's worse than the milk handle. <laughs> Use that damn milk handle. <laughs> so, 
Those are the those those are some customer stories. And um, no, I have an epic one. Okay, okay. This is one more that's fucking wild. This is from Coffin Dust on Instagram. I was once the manager of a local pizza place. We had an online order callback unhappy with his order, so we told him he could get another pizza back to him, but I couldn't refund his payment because it was done through the website, and he'd have to contact the site support to receive his refund. Reasonable. Just taking a break here. Because small businesses, they never get their fucking technology right. Like, you know, Donato or like Domino's Pizza Hut, you can do that. So, um... He gets pretty upset and hangs up. After that, at about 20 minutes later, the dude comes into the restaurant screaming and demands his money back. I was closing out one of my drivers at the time, so there was some cash on the counter, and he just grabs it. I turn the security lock on the door, and he smashes into the glass like a football player and fucks the door up. He then throws the money in the air. I lock the door. I unlock the door. He walks out, brings the pizza back, and smears it all over the front window of the restaurant. No. All of this because he didn't want chicken on his pizza. No. Yeah. Just pick it off. I mean, if he's a vegetarian, I get it. I don't. I don't get smashing it. No, no, no. I I get getting mad. Oh, sure. Well, not even mad. I mean, how hard up? You want a pizza, they can make you a new pizza. Yeah, yeah, they could make you a new pizza. You don't have to. You can to, get your money back. You just have to wait till tomorrow. Yeah, you don't have to go hard on them. Uh, you like you don't it's a ever, little, like you go that way once they say we're not going to give you your money back. Right? Yeah, you should go that way after the manager, right? So it's like, may I speak to the manager? Which I don't advise to do. I don't. You know, street fight listeners shouldn't. I mean, if you need the manager, you need the manager. But once you get to the manager, all is fair. <laughs> like, you can scream at that manager all you want, and it's not going to bother me even a little bit. I'm worried that this, like, this is one of those things where I would really love for them to go to jail. <laughs> but I don't want to put them in jail. But yeah. I really would like to throw this fucking person in jail for a little bit. Let me give you this one. I do outbound calls for an online pharmacy referral company. So I was talking to a customer to place his order. He was like 80 and a little weird, as many old men are. But at one point, he goes, oh, you have a lovely speaking voice. And I roll my eyes, and I'm like, oh, thank you, sir. To which he replied, yes, you sound like a 14-year-old girl. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that was like the – but you have to – the thing is, like, that is a weird thing to say right. in, in any normal circumstance – you could just tell the guy off and hang up on him or tell him to fuck off, but not in that chat. Then you have to keep talking to him. You have to keep talking to this guy that thinks you're a lovely 14-year-old girl, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, once again, these people got it. We have to there, – there needs to be, like, some sort of customer service reckoning. Pro, like, you have to, to stand for your crimes, right, as a customer. We need a customer court. Yeah, Pizza Hut. Answering the phone, some lady wanted to use her credit card for a pickup. I told her politely that the system didn't allow that to just bring the card to the store. She starts berating me. So I said, fine, give me your credit card number because I have to do some Christmas shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Hung up on her. Told my boss that the customer was awful. I was employee of the month, so I didn't get in trouble. It was pretty funny, especially her reaction to me thinking I would scam her credit card. (laughs) I did. I got a few good ones in. Like, if I was near the end of quitting a job, I would, I would give them hell. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. just whatever. A little bit of pushback. Be smart. Be a little bit of a smart ass. I used to work at a blockbuster, and one of the most notable memories was when a guy looked at the unisex sign on the bathroom door and asked if that's where we kept the porno. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the code, man? 
<laughs> let's get some calls in, man. Yeah, let's see who's on the line here. Uh, let me. Adjust you might this. have to turn my mic up a little because it's like everything sounds so quiet in my earphones tonight. I can turn you up. Turn me up in my ears. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, turn my headphones up. Turn my headphones up. Like, uh, is that better? Drake. I don't know. I have to hear the call first. All right. Let's see who's on the line here. Thank you for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Terry. What's up, Terry? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Well, what 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 can we do for you tonight, Terry? Well, um, I want to talk about when I worked at Disneyland. Oh, oh nice. Yes, yes. <laughs> I saw you comment that, and I was like, I hope Terry calls in tonight. <laughs> Well, here I am. What'd you do at Disneyland? Uh, Can I so, ask you that? Yeah, so I uh, I worked at the Jungle Cruise, and oh. I also did like uh, crowd control for like parades and fireworks. Uh, two jobs. The crowd control sounds terrible to me. Does would you say that, Brett? No, I don't. You I want mean, to do crowd control? I would like you're, to do that. Down with crowd control. You just cross your arms and look really stern. Wait, yeah. Right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, is, is that what you did, Terry? I, uh, yeah, yeah. That's usually what it is until there's someone who just really has to get past you for <laughs> like no reason at all. <laughs> like you're just like walk five feet that way and just follow everyone else, and you'll get to where you need to go a lot faster than fighting the thousands of people walking down this narrow sidewalk and, oh. they're, and they'll just like push past you and like try and fight you on everything. Oh, so you're trying and to prevent them from like, like, from like running into people that are going the opposite direction. Yeah. And it sucks. Cause like you're, you're telling them and it's true. Like if you just follow everyone else, you're going to get to where you want to be a lot faster, but they, they believe that, no, you're just lying. And it's like, no, I just want to help you out, get you there faster. And they're like, and they'll just yell at you relentlessly. Yeah, that sucks. And this, that's their happiest day on earth, right? So they get to do whatever they want. <laughs> they, they're thinking, and they've already spent a million dollars. Yeah, that's, that's the thing with customers at Disneyland. And it's, you know, it's understandable. You want to help them out as much as possible. But still, it's like things just get crazy. So what did you do on the uh, jungle and, tour? Uh, on the jungle cruise, I uh, did everything. I, you know, drive the boat, tell the jokes. Do they write those for like you? That. Like, yeah, we basically get a scripts, and each like scene has like a list of jokes you can tell. So you kind of develop your own little set that you do. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Man, that uh, but but how how long how, how long ago was this? Um, this was this was maybe about four years ago. I was okay. working there. All right, what were we gonna say? Um, I'm sorry, but, I cut you off. Yeah, so probably the crazy, the crazy, definitely the craziest day of the year at any of these parks is New Year's Eve because they have the fireworks, the whole celebration there. And so a lot of people want to be at the park for New Year's Eve. So they pull out all the stops, do everything to, like, make it so more people can fit into the park. And so basically how it ends up 
is you have crowd control people literally all over the park just sending everyone in a giant circle. (laughs) (laughs) Because And, like, there's no room to walk. There's no room to do anything. Everyone's just there to wait for the fireworks, but they have to get there early in the morning. Otherwise, the park will just be filled up. So you're just like a third base coach, just waving people like around the next corner. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, especially on New Year's. Go ahead. Well, I remember when we went as a kid. I think I remember it being pretty efficient, like the way that it all worked. Um, some eggheads had figured out how to get all those people to move around and not be like bottlenecked everywhere. Oh yeah, it's it's super efficient. Um, it's just like. Just like New Year's is like the stress test of all stress tests. Right. Um, there, there is absolutely no room to walk. Um, that day alone, I think my foot got ran over by an electric scooter like 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a regular, that sounds like a regular injury at Disney resorts or the Disney, uh, experience. Oh yeah, like everyone who works crowd control, that everyone has gotten their foot run over by an ECV. So do you get, also, it, you get to hang out with like all the mascots and everything in the break room, or is everybody separated? Uh, yeah, you you hang out with um, yeah, you meet like all different people who are are friends of characters. That's how it is. Since you're not, you can't be the they tell people you're a character. So if you're like Cinderella, you're this, you're 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 a friend of Cinderella. Oh, is it is it an honor? Like, is it competitive to be the genie or Aladdin? Is that something people vie for? Um, the 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 really popular, basically, like among the entertainment people, there's like a hierarchy. You know, like. It goes like, like parade people, then like anyone who can, who walks around, they're called like face characters who isn't in one of those like big furry suits. Okay. And then like on the bottom, there's, there's like the mascots. So the mascots are the bottom level, like people there? Yeah, well, well, as as far as like the you want to be like a real live social, like yeah. So as far as like the inner so- social circle goes, you want to be like, Gaston and get in a push up com- um, competition on someone's Snapchat. Well, he's hunky. Like yeah, yeah. I get that because they're good looking. Like if you want to be an actor, you got to be good. And you're probably allowed to talk too. Yeah, were you allowed to talk in the goofy yeah. costume and stuff? No, if they're if they're wearing if they're wearing a head, then there's no talking. But if you can actually see their face, then they can talk. Ugh, God, I did Chucky, and you, if you talk, they said you would get fired if you talk, and that was what the always thing that scared <laughs> everybody, man. They, but uh, so what was the Jungle Cruise like? What was it? Is that like a rock? Did he already talk about the Jungle Cruise? Did I fuck this up when I went out and get my tea? Uh, yeah, I mean, we did discuss a little bit. That's the tea, sis. I'm sorry. I was getting tea. I'm drinking tea now, and it's just not so much. Out. I mean, the Jungle Cruise, 
the Jungle Cruise, as far as like any one position I've had, uh, you know, at any place of work, the Jungle Cruise is probably the most like fun to work at. Yeah. It Anybody ever like, fall uh, in or anything or fall off the ride? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I that never happened to me. I haven't seen it happen. I I'm not sure if it has happened or not. There's always stories. Like, yeah, there's, there's probably stories of people doing it, right? Like, when you work there, they're like, motherfucker, some idiot got drunk and fell off the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> um, I don't think there's been any, like, when I was there, I don't think there were any recently enough where the workers would have stories of that. Uh-huh. Um, but one one thing I really liked about it is I, is because you're doing these kind of, like, sarcastic jokes you could kind of be rude to guests in a way. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's kind of like that yeah the dirty dicks restaurant where if you like really don't like somebody you can dig into them a little deeper <laughs> so, yeah you can still lay into somebody it's just kind of you have to be nice about it right you do it with a smile yeah Ugh. yeah like um this one time uh you get to a part in the ride where there's a bunch of hippos like animatronic hippos, and then you scare them off by shooting a gun with like blanks in it into the air a couple times. And so then there's a joke that says that scared them off. You could tell by the blank look on their face. And then my whole boat was looking at their phone, so I said, it's kind of like yours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so sad that like people are on this ride that like they created to be this multi-sensory experience and like some engineer like sat around and was like we're gonna make the jungle cruise you know and then some person some like human resources person or writer sat down and they were like we're gonna go ahead and write a script for this thing we'll put a few funny jokes in there and then they get on the jungle cruise and just stare at their phone (laughs) that sounds like a meme brian would share from one of those awful pages that he follows like back in the day and it's it's a boat full of kids enjoying themselves and then it's like 2018 it's a bunch of punks looking down at their phone yeah i that sounds like a great facebook post like i'm the lead captain of the jungle cruise and i want you to show how my crew look today and then it's just a picture of them all on their phones. <laughs> then you go on a diatribe about how America is falling to ruin. Like that it. is a good. That would that would fly on a lot of conservative pages. That really would. Like I wonder it. if the conservatives oh, yeah. like Disney uh, now. Like there was a period there where they hated Disney because they did an LGBT day down in Florida. I knew that. And then all of a sudden, the, like the firing James Gunn thing seems like Disney got a bunch of people on their side. You know what I mean? They also just fired another. They fired a Marvel writer recently that was too outspoken politically, and he was like a left guy. He was speaking against like racism and anti-LGBT stuff, but these conservatives got so mad at him that they were like, "You're fired for bringing bad energy around here." And it's like, so Disney has been acting like a very conservative company <laughs> for the past like year. So I wonder if they're like up in the conservative power rankings of good companies. When I was in church as a kid, like 2000, 2001, etc., 
uh, Disney was bad. People were railing against it because I think that they maybe off it gets extended insurance benefits to life partners, yes. like domestic partners and stuff, and that was just simply unacceptable. Can you imagine getting mad about that? Like you're mad because people got insurance? <laughs> like that's sick. I'm yeah. so mad about it. Doesn't affect you in any way at all. Doesn't make the ticket prices more. Doesn't make anything wrong. And it's like we can't condone this lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People just get mad about like the like things that I just saw today. I'm driving around and I know I'm going to say something that people are going to maybe laugh at a little bit. But there's a school levy going in my neighborhood and I'm just fascinated with the no on the levy people. Like I can't not be like fascinated by like why you would do it. But especially if you're a renter where, uh, yes, the property taxes might be tied up in your rent. But like technically it's probably not going to cost you no. more in the next year. No. And you're just like, I still don't want it. I, I still hate the idea of a levy. You saw renters with signs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So, yeah, people just get mad about stuff. Were you making good money at Disney? Um. So, as, as far as the theme park industry goes, like, Disney's, Disney's a really good company. And, you know, of, of course, in relation to other theme parks, um, you know, when I was working there, uh, you know, that fight for fifth, the union had, didn't win the, hadn't done the whole fight for 15 thing yet. Um, but as far as benefit, as far as like pay went, it was higher than any other theme park. And I mean, like, for probably a lot of the employees that work there, half the reason you do it is because you can get into the park almost whenever you want. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some real... Th- I, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to insult anybody out there, but there's some real theme park freaks out there that are just like, I need to I need to go to a theme park every two weeks or every week or something like that. And that is probably like, just get a job there. But did it kill the magic for you at all? Like, was it? Is it like... Uh, I, I've been talking about this in relation to clubs and stuff that I used to like be really interested in like what goes on in the green room at a at like a live event and like, you know, what's going on backstage and stuff like that. But now like I'm in clubs more often, like as a performer than I am like as a, as like a seeing a show, you know what I mean? So like a lot of that magic is kind of gone for me and you can just see where everything's happening. You know, it's the same thing when I left China. Chuck E. Cheese. It yeah. was like, you know, you go to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid and you're like, oh, this all seems so seamless. This is all so great. And then you go there after you've worked there and you're like, this is a bunch of 16 year olds running a restaurant. Yeah. Is it kind of yeah, like that? Yeah, you don't that? realize your buster's also in the costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it kind of like that with the theme park now? Like you go in there and you can see all the seams? Um, it is. Um, for, for some people, they... That for a lot of people, that's a bad thing. Like, it kind of ruins it. Um, for me, like, I'm really interested in, like, all the technical stuff down to, like, oh, on the lower coaster, you know, this is how it knows where the trains is and this is how the computer system works. Like, I'm, I think all that stuff's pretty cool. So getting a, being able to see all that, for me, that kind of, enhanced it because I could see all kind of everything that went into that apparently seamless magic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for a lot of people, it definitely ruins it. 
Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm I'm also I'm also sort of it's weird. I'm afraid of rides. Like I don't ride roller coasters at all, but I'm very fascinated with theme parks too. I like I listen to podcast the ride. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that show, but it's a podcast about theme parks. <laughs> and they like cover a ride every week. It's they're funny guys, but like it's just like Yeah. I don't know why I'm so fascinated uh, with how roller coasters work and I'm never gonna get on one because I'm absolutely hundred percent convinced that I will <laughs> die on it. Probably. Right. Well thanks for calling in, Terry. We we appreciate it. We love all Terry's that call into the show. Yep. And have a good night. Night, Terry. Yeah, that's working at a Disneyland or Disney World or something like that. That's that's well, something that because oh, they do treat you. Brian like, wasn't here. I'm sorry. So we did, but I was going to say you didn't hear the uh, part where he was saying that he had to do crowd control, where they would have these small alleyways and they would only want traffic going one way, and they would put someone to like block the other direction. And people would shove them out of the way. And he'd be like, please, just go right around. Follow, like, the school of fish. They're going much faster than you walking the opposite direction down this street. You that, know? I would do that, too. I'm, like, the worst customer because if I see a shorter way, I'm like, oh, we got to take that shorter <laughs> way. And then when I get yelled at for it, I'm like, what does this person care which way I go? But it's like the manager cares. That's who cares, you know? <laughs> well, it just doesn't – I mean, it's not – you're just being an asshole. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Did either of you play Roller Coaster Tycoon? Loved it. I remember, you know, getting the little pop-up notification says, this guest is angry, and then yeah. you click to him, and the little quote is, I have to go to the bathroom, and it shows them walking past a bathroom, like, you little shit. Oh, like, yeah. Go the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. I never played that. It sounds fun, though. I mean, I never uh, played any of the, the Sims or Sim Cities or anything, because that takes patience. It does. Well, I guess it does, but it's also those jobs are so weird. And I played tons of. I'm sorry, not those jobs. Those games are like jobs, and that's what makes them so weird. We were playing that uh, overcooked game, and my mother in law was watching us, and she was like, "This just looks like you're doing work." Yeah, we're like scrambling to make recipes together, you know, and chop up food and send it out the window. I complain about. I complained like a couple months ago about how much vegetables I have to chop up. But if you put it on a video game, I'll chop all the vegetables in the world. <laughs> I'm kind of, yeah, I agree. I, I, I had Hagelbon, uh from No Cartridge on the show one time, and he kept telling me about games like Euro Truck Simulator, where you right. just drive a truck in Europe and you have to do maintenance on it. And it's like, it's one of the most relaxing games I've ever played because it's just like I'm just doing something normal. Oh, uh, well, how much those tires going to cost me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like kids playing restaurants. Or, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. ugh, no adult would ever do that. <laughs> right. All right. Let's see who's on the phone here next. We've got a full queue tonight. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to? Howdy. I didn't turn anybody down. Oh, God. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm muted. I realized that. What is up, I'm muted guy? What's okay? your name? Yeah. Hey, uh, this is Adam. I've called in before. I do some of your zine stuff. I'm a damn robber on Twitter. What's up, damn robber? How you doing tonight? I know you. I think I have some of your art yeah. up in my living room. Did you send me art? Oh. Maybe. I, I sent you art in. I don't think I, I sent anything you could frame. Nothing in my house? Okay. Somebody sent me art to my house, and I can't remember who it is. <laughs> but now it's hanging in my... If you sent me Mario... If you sent me Mario saying life is it's something about hell, you go to hell and then you die, or Garfield with the uh, all-seeing eye above its head, that hangs up in my uh, dining room now, just to uh -huh. let you know. Uh 
No, those are cool, though. Yeah, they're very cool. I I gotta find out who sent them. I feel so guilty about that. So what's going on tonight, Adam? Uh, well, I'm I'm getting, uh, I just took some fucking Kratom because my, my weed store got shut down, uh, like, I showed up and they had an eviction notice or some shit, so I, I guess someone narked on them through the uh, health code. Mm. What was uh, the what? What did it get shut down? Like, what was the? Uh, it was it a dispensary for weed? Yeah, so I'm in Cali, so it's a dispensary. They're legal, but they're always kind of like no one likes them. They're always on the edge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it. Yeah, the thing says that they got shut down. And it seems like it's just from someone fucking with them because I looked up the code they posted and it said that their their doors aren't uh, insulative enough or something. It's like the, their their doors don't hold in enough energy for their heating system, and that's a problem. Oh, uh, God, they love to close down a weed store. Probably a, a cop's greatest day is the day he gets to go and close the weed store. He sh- he probably skips to work that day. Like there's a little like blue bird lands on his shoulder and like does a s- sweet song and he's like, "I'm closing a weed store today. I'm closing a weed <laughs> store today. I'm going to I, I give the owner free, a whooping." But, I mean, I am getting paid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That sucks. That's uh, is there? Yeah, that. Ugh. Yeah, I think it's just going to be closed for thirty days. But that's, you know, also it's fine. I needed a tea break anyway. I've been smoking way too much, dabbing too much. Yeah. Uh, but, so Smart. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you got a full queue. I wanted to. I called in because you asked for uh, bad customer experiences. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I don't know that I have one that's quite as violent. Uh, as, as Brian's getting the, the beaten up by children, but uh, so I, I called in and told you guys I worked for that lady who turned out to be uh, uh, on the run from the FBI and stuff. Okay, we um, I definitely remember that. Yeah. So when I was working there, I was the only person in the building for like nine to five every day. Oh wow! Uh, and you know, if you're just the only person, people feel like they can just hang out and talk to you all day. Uh, and it's really hard to get them to leave without <laughs> looking like an asshole. The customers, you mean? So, yeah. Like those so, type it's, of... It's like they rent boxes. It's a small town. Like, part of what I'm like, a charming guy. So, I eventually didn't tell someone that I didn't want to hear about something long enough that they started telling me about uh, very... Tr- like, that they had... Their boyfriend has been driving a car and, and like, run someone over, and now they're going to therapy, and, man, every fucking Thursday, for six months, I would hear this. And she's, this person's telling you that at the box, you're just trying to sell them some boxes? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, they get their mail and then come in for 45 minutes to talk about their therapy appointment that week. (laughs) That's, I mean, they're really nice. I don't, they're, you know, they're okay. They're a lot nicer to me after they started telling me about how they felt real guilty about all this stuff. So I don't know about that, but uh, to me, oh it God, sounds it horrible. To me, it sounds like those weird guys that hang out at the gas station and do their scratch offs and talk to. Have you ever like been at a gas station and you're standing there and there's a person doing scratch offs and then as soon as somebody leaves the counter, they start their conversation back up with the guy and they'll just stand there totally. <laughs> yeah. all day. Yeah. Oh no, no, I can wait. 
it's like they had. Yeah, that was. Uh, it's like they knew uh, they had you cornered. They're like, this person can't leave. No one's perfect. even checking on them. Because there are so many people that don't get to talk to anybody unless they corner them. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's aggravating. But you were you were doing a good deed because if somebody's gonna come up and talk to you about their boyfriend mowing someone down with their car, I think that probably means that they oh, needed yeah. someone to talk to. Yeah, yeah, it's just I weird. Like, I would have to be there for her, but it's, fuck, man, I wish I got paid for it, goddamn. Yeah, I know, you could have run some sort of, like, uh, peanuts psychology thing where you just took tips, and then you're like, I do mail too, but if you wouldn't <laughs> drop a heavy load, sit, take a seat. That's wild to think about, like, how sad the, like, American healthcare system is, that, that like, we're unloading our burden on like people making $7 an hour or $10 an hour to like do the mail. Like there's just so many people oh, that you yeah. can't like, there's just so many people that can't go anywhere. No. So they're just, uh, cause like, I know like no one listens to them. Right. At the grocery store. A lot of times, you know, I would, when I was a cashier at the grocery store, a lot of times I'd be like, how are you today? Because that is like a common way to say hello, I, you know, and they would like tell people would like tell me how they were. My dad does that. My dad doesn't talk to me hardly. Right. Like, barely talks to me. But if he goes to the grocery store, he'll stand and talk to the cashier and just like give him everything. Like, yeah, you know, I'm on his new diet. <laughs> Yeah, or you gotta learn how your dad is doing because he'll tell the cashier about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, it's like, don't. I mean, I guess like, I didn't mind it. I don't think I ever minded it really when somebody would unload on me. But it was, it is sort of a burden, right? To hear like sad stories, yeah. all like over and yeah. over again. You say, "How are you doing?" And like somebody will say, "Oh, not too great," and then you're like. Okay. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I think of it in a different way. I think it makes me more grateful. Like, I'm, as soon as they leave, I'm just like, I'm glad I'm not that fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or like, I could have it a lot worse. Totally. Yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely. But it, there are just times where, like, you oh, hear a bunch of sad shit. Like, they just lay it on you and they keep going deeper and deeper. I have that, too. I mean, I'll, I used to work with... Every a lot of people that I worked with would just out of nowhere just tell me the crazy stuff that's going on in their life. And I'm like, I don't know why you, I don't know why you came to me with this. And the know? worst thing about it, Brett, the worst ones are when they're the bad person in the right, story, right. and you don't want to tell them. <laughs> like, no, this is all your fault. You're bad. You're like, you're the problem here. Because <laughs> a lot yeah, of times, you feel like you're. You've got to absolve them of this, but <laughs> right. Because a lot of times when they when people are unloading on you and they don't have anybody to talk to, they don't have anybody to. There are people that don't have any friends or anybody to talk to for a really good reason, and it's that they're abhor abhorrent, <laughs> right? And like, I just don't want to be around them. You think about like the incel guys, right? Like they think that it's a conspiracy that women don't want to be around them, when the fact is they're just terrible, and who would ever want to right. be around them? No one wants know? to be around them. Yeah, no. Nobody does. And like a lot of times they'll unload on you, like they'll unload their story on you and you just want to be like, get your life together. How about that? How about you quit being mean to every single person that you meet? Cut like, people some slack. Yeah. Because that's what it usually is. And, and like I used to have like, you know, I had this like really awkward customer experience one time when I worked at the grocery store. He, the the manager, the, the floor manager was a black dude and he yelled for me to come over to him, not in a disrespectful way. He, he said, Brian, come here. But that's how you talk to people at work. That's yeah. not, 
And like he was like, uh-huh. help this woman take her groceries out to her car. I went and took the groceries out to her car, and she handed me five dollars. And she's like, you give them black people a little bit of power, and they'll just step all over. Oh you. boy! And I'm just like, I don't even oh, know no. how to respond to this. <laughs> like, I just, I felt so dirty because it was just like the customer service thing to do is to be like, yes, you're right. Uh, thank you, man. Just, Have a good day. Just, I just didn't say anything. Right. I didn't like agree with her or anything, but it was just like in the moment, that's because the power dynamic is so weird well, in the moment. Yeah, you know what is. I mean? It's like, and Yeah. I mean, if you start something, it's just like, well, you don't get money anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You can get fired. Yeah. Yeah. You can yell that. And it, yeah, it was... Yeah, it, it's crazy to think that you could have gotten fired. You would be more likely to get fired for taking that five dollars than agreeing with her racist remark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both of them was. I mean, both of them were against the rules. I always took the tips, but you know. Yeah, but I must. But yeah, I mean, no, like, if you were to tell her she was awful, then she would just go right inside and tell them that you know you were mean to a customer, and that they'll send you out the door for that. Yeah, that you were rude. You were rude. Yeah, you yelled at me. You called me racist. Right. They said I was racist. Yeah, which to racist people is the worst thing you can call them a lot of times. You tell a racist person they're racist and you've just <laughs> hurt their feelings more than anything you could yeah. say. But always, I always, that always sticks in my mind the way that woman said it with such like hate in her heart. And like I had, to, like she's just unloading her racism on Yeah, me, yeah. You know? Yeah. The pro- her okay, well, I, I want to keep you guys too long. It's been great talking to you. Uh, y'all have a good night now. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Oh, gosh, if I could plug, plug real fast for the ocvsa.bigcartel.com. Uh, help us buy paint and shit. That's off top. Yeah, buy, help them buy the paint. Right. OCDSA? <laughs> OCDSA.bigcartel.com. All right, got it. Have a good night. Thanks so much. Yeah, another thing, too, is sad stuff is just those things where... Um, it's hard to say somebody like you got to get over stuff and there are like still raw things, but there, I remember uh, we were at the, the Kennedy center and there was like this 80 year old woman that worked there and my daughter was running around and, uh, this woman looked at me and she said, Oh, my father at hit that age would just beat me bloody. Oh Oh, my God. And she's, and she was just like, it was a different time. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah, I guess it was, lady. And, like, that's haunting her forever. Do you, you know? think that she was saying that to you because she wanted you to punish your Maybe daughter? Maybe she wanted me to beat my kid. <laughs> no, not even beat her, but to just be like, you should be stopping you her should. from acting like a maniac, you know? <laughs> I'm sure, but I don't think she was acting too crazy at the time. The The lady seemed to like her. Yeah. They always I have, think she like, was saying that, I think, it, I think the topic was, my kid was good, but other kids need to be beat bloody. Yeah, 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 that's... That's wild to me. <laughs> like, how do you even talk to somebody? Like, I, yeah, we, that's, a, that's a hard open. And it is like, like he was saying about, uh, and it's like what he was saying about, you know, them unloading their thing on you is like, they're not going to, they can't expect a genuine reaction. No, no. You know what I mean? There's so no, like, like, there's no relationship there I, that you, to get a release from like having someone that you that you actually trust in hear your problems and and validate them you yeah. know it's just like a guy at a counter going yeah man that sucks <laughs> in uh <laughs> in january or february towards the beginning of the year i had a pretty upsetting and, and weird uh situation i i won't call it a stalker stalker adjacent i think that's an unfair word to use and uh, after it happened, I still have not told any of my friends about it. I just went to the place 
where I drank on campus, and I was like, you will not fucking believe what happened to me today. <laughs> I mean, because, people generally, but I'll say this, like, I not, again, I'm not saying don't tell people your stuff, because I don't think a bartender or a cashier would want you. Like they want you to feel comfortable. Generally, they want the they want the social interaction to go as easily and as smoothly and as comfortably as possible. So, like, if you got to tell them your stuff, then that's that's perfectly like yeah. uh, they're usually okay. I know I was always fine with it. Yeah, I was acquainted with her, and we have no mutual friends. So okay. it was like you know I can go in here. And tell somebody about it, and then it's just let it go. Right, it's gone yeah. forever. It doesn't have no one has to bring. No one's going to bring it up again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're one of my favorite cashiers. Actually, uh, he will just tell you like how his day was. If it was good, or I like it because it's good or bad. He's but like if it's bad, he'll just be like, "I got forty seven minutes to go. I want to get the fuck out of yeah. here." <laughs> <laughs> sometimes he'll be like, I had a great weekend, the Bucks won, and this or that. So I like that he has, like, the realness to him. It's just not all misery, but I just – sometimes when you're like, how's it going? He's like, barely hanging in there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like, okay, man. We had a good thread about uh, – on the Street Fighters group about how do you respond to how's it going. Yes. And I have really been a mess. for So since I tried to politen my – like, since I've done real – What? We got a lot of calls. Okay, go let's ahead. just take the calls. Let's no, go. If, well, no, I'm, I'm just not saying, trying to shut it down. I was just since I've done since I've been the type of dude that tries to do self improvement and tries to be a better person to be around. When people ask me how I'm doing, I like to say I'm doing great. How are you doing? Right. But that like opens something up after you do the how are you doing, and like uh, I I don't mind hearing it, but I do hear some fucking wild oh, yeah. stuff no, because I've get, asked. Yep. If you give people the opening, <laughs> some folks are like fucking terrible. Yeah. Let me tell you this crazy story. Yeah, yeah. So let me tell you this real sad story. Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine to hear your fellow human stories. I it think. is. I, I don't agree. think that's ever something that I would complain. That's my job, first of all. But secondly, it's not something I would ever complain about because, you know, again, the, the, the political theory behind this show is once everybody hears everybody's stories, they're going to realize everything's fucked up and revolt. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, we're there. yeah, we're on the same boat. We all need help. We all need the same, you know, going through the same shit. And most of it is, you know, the struggle of just trying to get by day to day. Make that money. Let's see who's on the phone here next. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Oh. Hello, am I on? Yes, you are. Hello? Yeah, oh, you're here. Hello, I'm, I'm calling you from the, the crust of the flat earth here in New Zealand. How's it going, Street Fight? Oh, no, New Zealand, huh? Wow, can you, how far to the yeah. ice wall? Can you surf out to the ice wall? Probably not surf. Maybe, maybe a wee boat trip, but I'm not supposed to, we're not supposed to get into that down here. That's, uh, you know, there's a... It's a big government conspiracy about that, but I'll keep that between you and us. Yeah, that figures. <laughs> Is this our farthest away call now? We've had Japan. I don't know if that's further than New Zealand, but I think New Zealand's Depends one of those places you where you have to lay and where you have to actually do a whole day in an airplane. So New Zealand is a far away. Yeah, when you if you yeah, it's it's time traveling when you have to fly to New Zealand from America. So. Yeah, we're pretty far. I'm literally a day ahead of you. That's how far far ahead we are. So, um, compared to Australia, are you, I, I met a guy from Australia once, and he complained that they're always cracking the whip there, and it was kind of a little authoritarian, more authoritarian than he liked. And I didn't. Is New Zealand similar? 
No, New Zealand's New Zealand's pretty pretty laid back, but it is a bit of a, a neoliberal hellhole, okay. I would say. Yeah, he was telling um, me that he, he <laughs> said on his freeways they had speed cameras that just automatically wrote tickets, so there was like literally no chance of speeding whatsoever. You just had to drive the speed limit or get enough points to you lost your license. I don't know if it's true or yeah, not. That's it's, I'm it's here probably say. It's probably it's probably the same here. Just um, I don't know. Our cops probably aren't as bad as yours, but uh, yeah, sure. It's a yeah. low bar. Yeah, not many cops are as bad as ours. Like North Korea's <laughs> cops are probably worse than ours. I would say. Care- careful, bro. But maybe. Yeah. I know. I should be careful about saying things like that. So what's going on down under? That's down under, right? How, what's going uh, on in New Zealand? What's going on tonight? Uh, not a lot. We're just. Um, I've got a I've got a bad customer interaction story for you. Sort sweet. of a funny one, really. Yes, sweet. Um, it's a bit of a short one, but I used to work in a in a toy uh, a toy store, and I had a customer come in and I served him, and it was fine. And then, like an hour later, he he rang back to the store and asked for me, and he said, "Oh, um, look, I, I really like the way you spoke to me. You were like really nice and polite and stuff. I've got a job offer for you." And I thought, "Oh, okay." And got his contact details. Interesting. Uh, I thought, oh, look, I'm kind of looking for a new job because the toy store is actually a, a horrible place to work. <laughs> Brett did that. For um, but I met up with him. Yeah, I met up with him later on that night um, at a coffee shop, and he started to pitch the job to me. And it uh, quickly dawned on me that it was just um, a pyramid scheme. Um, oh, <laughs> he'd lured me in, <laughs> and he had like he had like a whole. PowerPoint slide thing on his iPad, and he was going through it, and it was the whole like, be your own boss, get your own hours kind of thing. And I was just like, oh no, but I was I was too sort of timid to run away, so I sat there through an hour of it, and then <laughs> what a drag, uh, yeah, quietly scuffled away. Oh, no. We call that getting shit prolled on uh, Street Fighter Radio. <laughs> yeah, shit prolled. <laughs> no, that is that is a nightmare. I had a guy try to do that to me when I drove for Lyft. He's like, are you tired of driving for Lyft? And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, like, not in the general. Like, I'm tired. I'm tired of working. Period. Sure. I just don't want to do it anymore. And he was like trying to get yeah. me to sell some kind of juice. Like he was like, oh, I just. God. He told me. He told me both that he made a bunch of money from this juice and also that it got him laid a bunch. And I was like, juice don't get you laid. The juice game. I love the juice. So you yeah. didn't fall. I mean, toy store. Let's ask. I'll ask you and Brett this question since I never worked at a toy store. Uh, would you rather do a, a pyramid scheme for a living or a toy store? <laughs> no, toy store is pretty regular oh. and way more fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely a toy store. I mean, a, a pyramid scheme is kind of soulless, but the to- the toy store sucks. But uh, yeah, I'd rather do I'd rather do that than try and sell like sponges and overpriced detergent to people it's just uh yeah pretty ridiculous those are wild that stuff's so wild like, yeah you're like you're make, selling beauty care products and you figure how much you, if you're making ten dollars an hour you're making eighty dollars a day how much do you have to sell on instagram you know how much do you have to try to con people out of on facebook to make your money back yeah a bunch of people that were selling yeah, exactly. uh, a bunch of people that were selling thrive like this girl that I was really good friends with in high school was selling Thrive for a period of time. She's just completely disappeared now. Like I ain't got time for this Facebook if people ain't gonna buy Thrive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for calling from New Zealand. That was that's very cool to get far that's away right. calls. Oh, 
Yeah, I've got I've got one more small thing for you, and Brian, you'll like this. Um, so a while ago, you were talking about how all the the scooters were getting like left all, everywhere over your over Columbus or whatever. Yeah. The the what was it the ride share scooters thing. Well, this morning when I woke up and drove my girlfriend to work, um, we've just found out that the, they've introduced 700 of those scooters to our city, <laughs> and they're just everywhere, all over the sidewalk at the moment. So I'm just waiting for them to end up on the river. But um, well, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, and this is something we had to tell that when the Chapo guys were in town, we talked to them about it too. People love the scooters. The scooters are popular, and within the next five days. Those scooters are going to be all being ridden all over town. Everywhere you go, somebody's going to be buzzing by you on one of those fucking scooters. They'll do it on the sidewalk. They'll do it in the street. They'll do it down in the grass. It's like those scooters are popular. They're very popular. Yeah, we have kids in my neighborhood that yeah. just ride around the block on them, and I just wonder whose credit card they're <laughs> right they're pay- is paying for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to get drunk and ride one one night, I think. That's, yeah. That'll be my experience. Uh, I jump just wrap it around a, a light pole. I haven't seen anybody jump one. I haven't seen anybody even try to oh, jump yeah. one. Like, that, we were uh, partying. I wonder if you can... They go 15 miles an hour. Them. Yeah, would they go... Fi- they, you can't tail whip them. I don't think they swing like that, but uh, they do go 15 miles an hour. So if you got yourself a little ramp, you could cut, you can definitely catch air going sure. 15, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. We were at a block party sure and there were dump forward. Yeah, we were at a block party and there were ramps for the bikes and somebody had a scooter and they were kind of standing by it, but they weren't even thinking about it. And the whole time, I was standing there thinking, you, "That scooter plus that ramp equals something." Yeah. I don't know if it's fun, if it hurts, but it's <laughs> awesome. Whatever <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> as soon as those those wheels leave the ground, it's just the whole thing gets a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. any. I mean, like, I I really. It speaks to, like, I guess, our faith in humanity in a weird way that these scooters, they haven't really gone bad. You know, you haven't heard about people jousting on the scooters or, like, robbing people (laughs) and riding away on the scooters. You haven't heard of any... I did. There was a fight and maybe someone pulled a gun on somebody. I read about one. Happened. It wasn't here in town. This wasn't just in the made in the news, which is, I mean, bound to happen. Yeah. I'm just saying there hasn't been a lot... If I just feel like if I had had access to these when I was 16, 15 years old, I would have figured out every bad, horrible thing you could do with it and do it. And that I don't that hasn't been something that I've experienced yet. And they are better. I mean, cars suck. I mean, we shouldn't be driving cars. We need to get off of vehicles like for real. And uh, they do as they do assist with that problem. Yeah. Anything's better than a car. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Have fun with the scooter. Go do something wild on a scooter. Yeah, I have to say, go pop some wheelies. Exactly. Yeah, we left a concert one night and uh, took him home, and it was so much fun because we were like a little bleary eyed drunk and uh, just like screaming through the streets under the street lights. I've only ever done it in a like a super utilitarian way. Like I had my car keys in my pocket, and I went for one of my long walks. And my wife needed the car keys, so I had to grab a scooter so I could get home and get her the car keys. Which is just like, oh, you know, I might as well be riding one to fucking work or something like that. It's just, <laughs> like, I need no to do riding. it. Yeah, I need to do it when it's fun. I need to do it with fun in mind. All right, let's see who's on the line here next. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? What up? It's more HD. Who's this? HD, the dude with the weed washers. 
What's up? How are you doing today? Oh, you have weed Nothing glasses. He's, he's got weed glasses. You have uh, weed glasses? No, weed waffles. Remember me? Weed waffle. He's the weed waffles guy. Yes, okay. we remember you now, weed waffles. What's going on tonight? Uh, just got back from work, snuck out some food, because uh, fuck those people and fuck that entire job. I'm trying. To, I'm currently in the middle of applying for a new job right now as we speak. Um... Uh, first thing off top, I want to get this out of the way. Um, shout out to the young lady who registered Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, did she say she went to Illinois? Was it? Illinois? Yeah, yeah I think like so. That. Yeah, yeah. We hope to hear from them tonight. I'm... Yeah, um, uh, the, the, you have to understand that. I want to make two quick points about uh, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, number one, if you want to understand in a nutshell what the Jehovah's Witnesses are, it's basically a religion where it's like, imagine if uh, uh, the Pentecostal religion was created by, like, Brigham Young. Imagine that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. I don't know the Pentecostals. Pretty much, like, if, if like Brigham Young went and created, like, his own sect of Mormonism, but it was just Pentecostalism, but still with the Book of Mormon as its base book. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much all the fuck it is. Okay. Uh, point number two, and, I, and you should also point, and, I should, and I'm surprised no one brought this up, but you know who the most famous uh, Jehovah's Witness in the world is? Me. Josh, you're a Jehovah's Witness? Nope. No, who is it? Michael Jackson. That's oh, why yeah, he was right. a Jehovah's really? Witness. I didn't know that. But yeah. he's yeah, celebrating Christmas. Like, why was Michael Everyone's always like, why was Michael so weird about, like, sex and all this different stuff? And I'm like, because he was raised in that fucked up religion. I personally don't think he fucked kids. That's me giving my personal opinion. I think he had been growing up in a religion that was so incredibly repressive. Keep in mind, I just want to make this point out. Keep in mind, when he opened, when he bought Neverland, he was like 31, 32 at the time. Now imagine... You have just become the most famous person on earth in the 80s. You have millions of dollars. You spent the last 20 years of your life living with your parents. Even when he was famous, he was still living with his parents. Now you're, you're, you're a solo artist and you've led this life where you couldn't have all the normal fun as a kid. It's really not that shocking when you think about it right. that the motherfucker bought this big-ass house with, like, a Ferris wheel. I was like, oh, he's trying to fuck kids. No! If I was, if I had that kind of money back then, I'd buy a fucking Ferris wheel. I mean, I'd buy a Ferris wheel now, honestly, if I had that kind of money. But I'm a fun guy, so that's just the way I am. Exactly! And everyone's looking at him like, oh, all this weird stuff. But, like, no, when you're raised in a religion that incredibly repressive why are you shocked that by the time they reach adulthood they don't know how to function properly in the world like and this is just one last theory i want to make on the whole religion and this is just theory i've been coming up with ever since i've been like i went through a period of my life where i was trying to figure out why i was so unattractive to women so i did kind of hang out in the incel board and I realized I couldn't hang with those guys, and I realized, oh, shit, i got to get my life together. So, but while I was doing that, before they, banned me, before they banned me from the board I was on, I talking to these guys, I think I realized something. 
a lot of these guys are the direct result of what happens when you raise guys in like religions, like um, it's when you raise them like all the like weird evangelical religions. That's the that's the get themselves. It's guys raised in like weird evangelical religions, right. and and they like. And then they like go into the real world that's like, you know, on average a little more liberal and they don't know how to function because, you know, it's, they, they can't really, it doesn't really work like that. But I'm a nice guy, why am I like me? Well, sit down. We got to break a few things down. He's like, but my mom, you know, my grandpa, he was like this. And then my grandma, yeah, but it was also the 50s. We could like old hands slap old and bad things. So, uh, you're going to have to start over, kid. Yeah, they, also, uh, I mean, the uh, thing to say about them is that they are like traditionalists. That's their religion, is that they believe in some sort of handed down patriarchy tradition. And that's what that whole Western chauvinism thing is about, too. Trad wives are big right. with them. That's right. kind of the brass ring. Exactly. But the thing is, I, I, I don't write for a website. Um, and I wrote an article where at one point during this period when I was going to go and I wrote trying to defend Jordan Peterson, but then I kept reading and listening more of his stuff. And I was like, I can't follow this guy. He's a fucking nut. Yeah. And it's just like... Sorry, It's just... uh, Yeah, it's hard to to understand how other people are comprehending it. I think when I look at all of the stuff... What's that? I can actually understand. I can actually understand why I'm not justifying it, but I understand how people come to the conclusion that someone like Peterson is, you know, right. Yeah. You come the the reason someone like Peterson has any level of appeal is because, and this is just me saying in bluntest terms, and it's going to sound really mean, but you really you quickly realize that with the way things are now. The number, the way society is now, I think the hard truth that a lot of men have to come to terms with is a lot of us aren't going to be able to, like, pull the shit that, like, our grandparents and our fathers told us we could do as a man. And for a lot of men, that leaves us in this weird sort of identity crisis, and that's how you get, you know, someone like Jordan Peterson going into, like, this weird cultural power vacuum and that's how you get guys following him. Yeah, yeah I agree, I agree also, because I, I actually agree with that because I straddle that line pretty heavily where um, when I was raised, I didn't really have to pay attention how the food was made, never really had to learn how to do laundry and stuff like that. And then get, went into a world where, you know, meeting my wife, she's somebody that expects equality and isn't going to pick up after me and expected me to not be a bonehead when it came to making the, the bathroom clean. And so that took more effort than what I, you know, had really expected from TV and most of what I saw around other, you know, in other families, you know, like the dad just did the, the yeah, I, I would go to my friend's house. We'd have dinner. Dad would go and sit on his chair and control the TV. And then mom would take care of all the dishes, you know? Yeah. Like, if you, like the point where I realized when I had a discussion with my dad about this, about how he said, he said to me, like, why can't you, you know, take some of the things that I told you to do to, like, you know, the women thing, why can't you do this, this, and this, and this? And I told him that, Dad, you want to know why I stopped wanting to be like you in the aspect of being like women? He's like, why? And I'm like, okay, 
I'll make the story as short as possible. Basically, when I was 12 years old, I met, I met the first the first girl I fell in love with who I eventually lost my virginity to. Make a long story short, I found out a decade later that she was the kid he didn't tell me about. She was like, that's I don't want to be. Shit like this happens. I didn't hear that. Your your connection is like getting is breaking up a little bit. I said to my dad, uh, you the reason I don't want to be like you is because the first woman I ever I fell in love with and also the girl I lost my identity to turned out to be the kid you didn't tell me about because you were out being a hoe most of your life. Oh. And that's how these fucks like, Okay. I told him, like, this is why I want to be you. Because you fucked up my life and now I have intimacy issues. You fucking fuck. Yeah, that's okay. awful. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's a rough one. I can, and I'm like, I can see going through some weird politics, like going through some weird political phases, if that were the case. And he's like, oh, come on, that wasn't my fault. You could have told me 10 years ago. Yeah, definitely. That's That fucking sucks. Uh, yeah, I... Um, yeah, and the thing is, everyone always got the same question, like, you guys, do you two still talk? And I'm like... Kinda. I mean, her kids know who I am and know why I hang around. Time to the time, her, her uh, brothers have always known who I was because I used to hang out with them back when I was a kid. So I don't think they know, but my dad knows now. Her mom knows it. It's just a weird thing. It's like, it's one of those things that I don't know if it's just a Michigan thing or a Memphis thing, but is it just me? Does it seem like men like dads who are like, have a history of really ancient things. Does it ever seem like this sort of stuff has like the potential to have, or is that just a Michigan thing when this happens all the time? Uh, we're really having a hard time get hearing what you're saying, dude. I'm I, I'm sorry, but it's like really breaking up a lot now. But yeah, oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I think so. All right, can I? Yeah, I was saying like, is it just me? Does it seem like? Is it a Mich- is it a Midwest thing or just a Michigan thing that it seems like some dads have this thing where of them being like this like you know them being like this like total shithead in relation to women that potential of what happened to me has the potential to happen to like you know their sons? Yeah, I mean that's not a Michigan thing. I know so we uh, I have, we have friends that gets like a new sibling like every five or six years they find out there's like a new branch on the family tree. Uh, cause Papa was a Rolling Stone, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's not just me. Like, no, no, it's, it's very common. Like, How does that happen? I mean, there's lots of men. I mean, it's, it's a problem with masculinity. That's the problem with like, I have a wife, but I also got these side chicks and stuff. It's really disrespectful treating, you know, tweeting women like po- property, all of that. You know what actually, you know what it reminds me of though, is I listened, I did the audiobook version of Miles Davis's autobiography. And when I came away from it, like hearing all those stories, they sound pretty incredible. All the drugs he did and all the women he messed around with and this lavish, crazy life. But it like created so many fucking problems 
You know, so that's like when I'm on the road, I'm really not going to try to go to the strip club and fuck because no. that's going to blow my life apart. You know, yeah. like, well, I'm not I'm not going to mess with the calmness that I have. I'm not I don't want I'm not a self I'm not going to be a self-destructive drinker or drug addict because it's too I'm a person that would rather just have things be fucking chill. You via you uh, I'm the same way. I value calm over like carnal desires right. I guess is the yes. thing you know like I've done exactly. things I've, I've gone through periods right. where like I've gone through periods where like maybe I wasn't the best husband because of drug use and stuff like that but like I, I always kind of got out on the other end of that but it's not I've never been the type of person that was like uh, like I used to hang out with this guy years ago who would who always talked about getting strange is what he called it and it was just like his life felt like a stack of lies all the time it felt miserable to me that like you couldn't ever talk like he was a friend of mine and you know not probably the greatest person in the world but like where you couldn't even have a conversation with him if his girlfriend was around because you didn't know what he had told her and what you know what I mean? Right. Like, you like, never you even shut knew. Shut up, shut up. Exactly, exactly. He would do that all the time. And it was just like... Or try to get you to lie for him, be an alibi and shit. Yeah, and I just, I, I don't even, I don't want to be an alibi. I don't want to lie for people. I don't want to help people deceive people. You know, that's not something, that's not something I want to do. And like, yeah, when, when, that's why, you know... I don't do any, we don't do really anything on the road. We, we do the show and most of the audience, well, a lot of the audience is dudes and we talk to everybody and then we leave, but people are very nice. And I also think it's disgusting to like, a lot of those guys do this thing where every woman to them is a potential mate. It's like a weird thing. I've like talked to a lot of guys like that. I've told the story on the show about the guy I talk, I was trying to talk to about MMA and he just kept asking me if I would have sex with the women fighters. And uh, like, I immediately made me like not respect him anymore. Like I just didn't like him anymore. And I, it just, I don't want every woman in my life to be like an object or a thing for me. I want valuable relationships with everybody. And I think that's why women like a lot of women don't mind being around me and why I'm probably not like an incel type of guy. That's why they don't come around. I mean, even that term, the friend zone is like a really disgusting thing to me where it's like, yeah, it's just impossible for you to be friends with some, like being a friend with a woman is the worst possible thing that can happen to you. You know? Yeah. If you're not trying to meet women, they usually know more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and the thing is, I tell people all the time, if you want a, a, a giant proof of how, like, in, in, speaking from my own say, if you want giant proof of how, like, fucked up things can get with, like, the ideas of masculinity, to say, I tell you, if you want a, a single proof, a single person proof how bad things can get, I have two words for you. Eric Prince. He's from Michigan. Yeah, Eric Prince. I re- oh, the, the Blackwater guy. Is Eric uh, Prince? Yeah. Yes, he's from our state. He's from our state, and you know who his sister is? No, Betsy DeVos, DeVos yeah. of the uh, Department yes, of Education. Betsy fucking DeVos. Yes, you realize I've said this before. Do you realize that at, on Thanksgiving, with those who get there, the room has the room's temperature has to fucking drop. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just with the puree, like yeah. it's like it's like. It's like, I don't like, oh, come on, Eric Prince is that bad. Really? Eric Prince 
comes off like an anime villain when you just look at the motherfucker. He just looks like he just looks like he has like a plan to like just be to the depths of millions of people. Also, one last point about Eric Prince. He was defended in his like, you know, war crimes case by fucking Ken Starr. Okay, yeah. yeah. Ken Starr of uh, of the Monica Star Lewinsky, the Star Report, right? Yep. I got it. Yeah, I knew everybody you named. He fucking, he's defended by fucking Ken Starr, who, I don't know if you know, but Ken Starr also defended fucking, um, um, shit, what's his name? Something Epstein. You know what I'm talking about. I, uh, that, that, that. I don't, I don't know. The fucking, the pedophile, Epstein the fucking pedophile financer. It, alleged. If we're talking about Epstein, let's, let's yeah, use alleged careful language. <laughs> well, hey, buddy, uh, we got to get the rest of these calls. Thank uh, you for calling it. Okay. Okay. One I want to leave, leave you guys with one story about bad customers. Okay. Yes. What we're here for. Uh, basically, when I was working at CVS, I was doing stock. You have to understand the cutoff time for alcohol sales around 2 a.m. Make the long story short, because the lines were long and because motherfuckers wanted to be assholes, I got basically a flying kick to the face by a bunch of people trying to, like, snatch and run a bunch of beer. Oh, shit. They not tried to knock you out? No, they knocked me out. I went into the fucking shovel, like soda, and they all just ran out to the fucking store with like a bunch of beer. Oh, okay. Those what? are bad customers. Yeah, yeah those that's are the, the worst, worst kind of customers. Yeah. They just—I mean, I used to do. I, my manager around. came around the corner. My manager came around the corner, seeing me laid out. He's like, "You alive?" And I'm like, "I wish I wasn't right now." Yeah. let me go home. He's like, all right, all right. Because he's cool. He just let me go home. I was like, fuck. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that is a homie there for sure. Yeah, well, thanks for calling in, HG. We appreciate it. Uh, I hope you have a good night. And we'll we'll talk to you next week, maybe. All right, Brad, do you have tunes? Mr. Weed Waffle himself. Mr. Weed Waffle. Do you have tunes? I do have we some can tunes. Play, that we have time. We got to go jump Jason's car. During the break, so he can go home because he has a real job now. Oh, somebody goes and gets a real job now. But I think we can figure all that out, right? Josh, you can help us with that, right? With picking we a gotta, song or well, jumping the no, car? No, he's got to jump the car. Brett's got music. We just need a few extra minutes for this. And uh, I love all you listeners. You know what? The 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 uh, Tri-State um street fighters group had a meetup last night and took a picture and it just warms my heart that these people are out meeting each other because of this stupid show and uh it just makes me so happy it feels good i got to meet a lot of listeners last week too that for some reason don't usually come to our ohio shows but they're big fans but for some reason showed up to this show where we were with Chapo. i'm just saying like you know, our other Ohio shows are good, too, like the one on November 24th at Now That's Class in Cleveland. You know, yeah. you could always drive from Columbus up to Cleveland and see me and Brett do Make Black Friday Red at Now That's Class on November 24th. And there's even going to be some music afterward with the Basement Boys. They're going to do some punk music afterwards. And we're going to hang around. So, you know, those Ohio people, that, that big giant group of people that showed up for that one, maybe might want to just see me and Brett do some stand-up, yeah. do some jokes. Yeah, I suggest it. So uh, we asked it, he asked for it. If you got um, 
tunes that you can send to us and you make your own music. We can't stream anything because Facebook and Twitch will take down our videos. So uh, we have the Window Smashing Job Creators. <laughs> it's the name of this band. They're from Olympia, Washington. It is uh, Ska Folk Punk. So it's actually, it, you're going to love it. Here, let me just get it going. I hope it's coming through. Olympia, home of Bikini Kill, Beat Happening, Nirvana, KAOS. Wow, that's an impressive list.
All right, that was the Window Smashing Job Creators. You can find them, the Window Smashing Job They're out there in Olympia, Washington. So if you're in the area, look them up. Go see them live. I hope you like that. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, if you want to send in your music or your band, it's streetfightradio at gmail.com. That is the email to send it to. We are coming to you live from the Free Press Studios here in Columbus, Ohio. We are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You can listen to us here on 92.7 or 98.3 here inside 270 in Columbus, Ohio. Um, right now, Brian is outside. We're jumping a car. That's the, the kind of uh, radio show we do here. Our producer, Jason, his battery terminal melted and uh, he needs a jump so that's where brian's at right now i do have another good story someone sent from instagram this one is brian's going to want to hear this one but he's not here so about five years ago i worked for a safeway grocery store in california i was working the checkout line for the night shift it was about a half hour till midnight which is when we close myself and a bagger were the only two people up front and we had a small line of people I rang out this older couple who had packed up a small basket worth of things, including like three cans of beans that were on sale. I give them their total, but the lady says, that doesn't seem right. I think those beans were cheaper. I scan them again, and it turns out the sale tag on them was slightly cheaper, like 25 cents, than what it had scanned for. So I fix it and give her the total. She says, that's not right. I tried to explain her. I had already fixed it. The price was the sale price that was on the beans. At this point, three other people in line are starting to get a little antsy. She starts getting angry and telling me I need to fix it and the, hus- and the price isn't right. So her husband hasn't said a word this entire time. And his facial expression is kind of telling me this happened. This has actually happened many times before. I call my supervisor and ask them to come over. Since it's close to closing, he's up in the office counting money, trying to close things up for the night, and the night crew is work is uh, walking around and restocking. Supervisor takes about five minutes to get down to the line. My supervisor goes through the exact same process of scanning the cans, looking at the sales tag, and then he calmly explains to her that I rang her up properly, and this is the right price. Her face turns beet red, and she screams, It's not the right price! And when she calmly explains the, when he calmly explains the entire thing to her over again, she screams, I'm going to call the office of weights and measures on you guys. So one of the guys in line gets pissed and yells back at her, call the office of weights and measures on me. I don't care. Let's just go. So then they start getting into a yelling match. My supervisor then goes over to another checkout line to help, uh, people who have been waiting. Wait. Goes to another checkout line to help the people who have been waiting now for about 15 minutes while this fight is going down. Supervisor tells her she can either pay the price that she wants or get a refund, or that pay the price that's there or get a refund. She refunds them for the, he ends up refunding her for the beans and they leave about five minutes before we close at midnight. So all of this because 75 cents. This would, this, she could have paid the price. But instead, she caused 25 minutes of headache for 75 cents. Unreal. Well, hey, I mean, that's pretty standard, though. And most of the grocery store now, though, I feel like they can adjust the price. Like when when I worked at Meyer, if anybody complained about the price enough, they were like, just adjust. If it's under $5 or like under like 50% of the item, you could adjust any price you wanted. Yeah, I think maybe with a certain 
like a manager code or something, you can just manually punch in a number. Right. But um, this – that sucks. I don't know. That sucks. That's fucking people though. I was thinking about something the other day and I was thinking about – it's a pretty common sentiment that people talk about how, you know, uh, everyone should work a service job just so they know what it's like or everybody – you know what I mean? Like people that don't work in a fast food restaurant or, you know, people that have never had like a customer service – Am I on the mic? Yeah. Yeah, you are. Oh, okay. You're fine. Just double check. I've had to change some cables over. Yeah, we called it the customer service draft. And I was thinking about, I don't know what's worse, those people or the people that do have a history in customer service and then grow up and have a different job and are still shitty about it because they say like, oh, no, like it, th- this is different. This is well, totally different. Or when I worked here, I had to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's usually I did it. Like that's a lot of uh, a lot of the miserable conservative people I hang out with. Like their life really sucked growing up, so they don't want anybody to have any better. You know, you're not allowed to complain. You're just like, well, that's just working at the grocery store. We fucking hate you, and we're going to treat you like shit and scream at you. You know, and they feel like it's doing time. It's like uh, you know, doing time, I guess, or earning your earning your place. Got to start somewhere, right? Well, let's see who's on the line here. Um, I don't know. Brian said the car died again, so I don't know when he's going to be back. But we uh, are still taking calls. Thank you for calling Street Fire Radio. Who are we talking to? I'm guessing I'm the one because I just heard the beep. This yes. is Mr. Maxwell from Tallahassee, Florida. How are things in Tallahassee? Well, we finally got power back to most of the city after Hurricane Michael. Good right. to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. Uh, just give you guys a call. I would, usually I would my plan for my first call to you guys, because I've listened to you for a long time, was to tell you stories about when I was a mailman for six months. Or my first uh, experience with cannabis in college on a road trip. It was edibles. It was fun. Nice. But I'm uh, going to talk to you guys about what we've seen so far in the panhandle post-Hurricane uh, Michael. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. I, this is like our juicy street fight news. This is what I like on-the-ground reporting. Oh, yes. And I've got info that a lot of the news networks just kind of aren't talking about right now. Uh, for instance, uh, we did some drops after we cleared out the city enough to be able to go to the outlying rural areas. Uh, we did drops in uh, Quincy, Florida, Bluntstown, uh, it's not spelled the way you think it is, and uh, Alpha, Florida. Uh, Quincy is the closest to us, it's the furthest east, what? much like Tallahassee. Uh, I'm sorry, say, say what? What do you mean by did drops? Yeah. Well, what I mean by what? Did drop, you said you did drops in these places? Yeah, we're taking supplies to them. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, I didn't understand yeah, that. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, uh, Quincy, Florida, which is the furthest east, uh, they got hit with stronger winds in Tallahassee. Uh, before I launch into this, actually, real quick, I kind of want to explain what happens when you're going to get hit by a hurricane. Yeah. Because the director of FEMA uh, last week after the hurricane hit started in on, oh, you think people would learn? They just get out of the way. That's not how it works. Usually with a hurricane, you have about a one-week warning that, oh, yeah, a hurricane might hit you. You then have to look at your bank account and figure out, okay, I'm going to lose all of the food in my fridge. Can I afford to replace it? My car's kind of crap. I might need to rent one to get out of town, and can I rent one before everyone else with a crap car gets it? And will my boss let me off of work? Uh, For instance, for every hurricane that I've been through, I've never gotten off of work more than one day before, usually the middle of the day. 
The New York Times I, uh, had something today about, you know, getting different people's stories. And a lot of it was, or I don't know, some of it was centered on uh, people that couldn't necessarily leave or had to come back early. And one woman just straight up said, my boss told me I couldn't leave. I wouldn't get paid. I would be fired, etc. So they just had to weather this fucking hurricane. And it's awful. Oh, yeah. yeah that's super, super common. Yeah. When no. I worked at Guitar Center, my uh, boss at the time had to ride out Katrina in New Orleans because Guitar Center wouldn't let them leave and had them batten up the store. Absurd. Katrina goes through, decimates the store, kills all their inventory. It was for nothing. Yeah, and they were losing just about everything he had in that storm. And they were put, they were putting their lives on the line for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's absurd. Yeah, it is it is weird the way that people think it's like just a bunch of hillbillies that are just too stupid to leave when a storm is coming, you know? When it's like the yeah, people I, don't have the means to leave. Every if anybody if you could leave, you would leave. And that shit has to be insured anyway. I can't imagine guitar centers guitars aren't insured. You know, so you're making oh, yeah, someone. They, they made a killing on insurance. Yeah, so it's yeah. just it's so awful that they have to make those people stay. And but, there's, uh, there's no protections. Yeah, I mean, and, there, you, and this, this is happening a lot too. I mean, Florida gets hit with these things every year, right? I mean, every couple years. Uh, there was a span there for about ten years when we didn't get hit with any storms, but then all of a sudden we started getting hit with uh, major storms, usually in the neighborhood of like Cat Three, Cat Four, Cat Five year after year after year for the past few years. And the problem was because we had a decade of no storms, all the trees that would have come down during earlier storms never came down. So when Tallahassee got hit by uh, Hurricane Hermine a couple of years ago, we went for a full week without power because all of a sudden all those trees that would have been cleared out all came down at once. Wow. That's yeah. That's fucking yeah. sucks. So, I mean, so with these drops, um, are people? Do you are you taking them to people's houses, or do you have like a central location where they're coming to you? We usually go to uh, there are designated areas you can go to drop off supplies and whatnot. Uh, but what ended up happening was because with this hurricane, usually you have a week warning. We only had seventy two hours. One week ago, we heard, oh yeah, there's a hurricane that's going to hit us. Three days later, it hits us. So a lot of folks didn't get the chance to prep like they normally would and weren't able to get stocked up. So what ended up happening was gas stations were running out of gas on Monday and Tuesday and uh, Wednesday leading up to the storm because everybody panicked. Everybody tried to get gas all at once because it's coming so fast. So even more people were unable to get out of the way. So we go to uh, usually it's community centers, high schools, uh, churches. There's a church in Quincy we're dropping off with. Uh, we're really glad to work with them because they actually get supplies to migrant families uh, who uh, can't necessarily get support from FEMA because what FEMA does is they look at the census population and figure, we'll need X amount of stuff, but they don't factor in migrant workers and their families. Which is very popular so, in Florida. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for that yeah. in Florida. Oh, yeah. So we had we were trying to get you know supplies out to them. Uh, we hit Quincy, we hit Bluntstown. While in Bluntstown, we heard about Alpha, which is a little town about, usually about 10 minutes away. Took us an hour to get there with all the trees that were knocked down. I'm talking miles and miles of forest snapped in half. No trees left standing. What a lot of folks don't realize is when in a hurricane, it's not just a hurricane, it spawns tornadoes. And that area got hit with the eye wall and got the full force of a Cat 4 hurricane. 
Good so God. when we get to Alpha, when we get to Alpha, we find out that the only distribution center is the police station. Oh boy! Warning bells are ringing. Yeah. We get up to the police station, and we see six police cars from various counties all over Florida. Not just uh, Lee County or Gadsden County or Leon County, but I'm talking like Orange County, Brevard County. They had cops coming up from all over, and they all seemed to be in Alpha. Then we noticed there are three times as many Border Patrol vehicles there. And it turns out what they were doing, they had the only supplies, and they were trying to snag people when they came in to get help. I swear to fucking fucking God. Christ. Yeah, like this kind of thing is happening right now. Let me, Brian just sat down. Brian's back from jumping the car. Let me, he called in from Florida, in uh, Alpha, Florida. There, he was doing a drop off for supplies. The police station is where they're handing out the supplies. Shit. Yeah, and then arresting people. When they show so, up. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Because, I mean, even if, you know, a DSA or an anarchist group could get a, a place, the official place is going to be the police station, and that's where people are going to go. That's so scuzzy. It's just so gross. Well, there's, there's actually even more to it in Alpha. When we went to Quincy and Bluntstown, you have a community that everyone's kind of helping each other, and they're trying to pull through. We got to Alpha, and we saw nothing but signs that had a variation of, you loot, we shoot. Right. Oh, man. I I actually, there was, like, the tailwinds of a tornado hit my neighborhood, like, six years ago. And I went driving around with my buddy, and there were already signs up that said, looters will be shot on site. And this was, like, like, nothing happened. Nothing got, no trees went down or anything. So, like, those signs go up immediately, like... It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, you know? Well, well, here's the really messed up part about it. Alpha has a population of 536 people. There was only one FEMA vehicle there of a guy assessing the damage, and that the police department had no supplies. Yeah. We didn't give them any because we were trying to get it directly to the people that needed it, and we didn't want the Border Patrol there to grab anyone who comes in who's undocumented. So... We started talking to people around town, and I asked one of the guys there, hey, has looting really been a problem? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he points to the cops and goes, why do you think they're here? Well, they get there as soon as something happens, and they start looking for people trying to get food. That's why they're there. Why are they here? For, For legitimate reasons, certainly, surely. Yeah, but the thing is, like, in Quincy and and, uh, Bloodstown, we didn't see... You, we shoot signs. We didn't see an overwhelming presence of cops. We saw the community banding together and helping each other out. Right. But Alpha was completely militarized. Yeah, it was, a, and yeah, it was police wild did. while we were there. Is it, can I but ask, we, uh, is Alpha like, uh, a, like, is it just rural or is it where rich people live? Like, what? Super rural. Okay. Okay. Super rural. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, we like were it. out. We were out in the country last night, and and Brett and I had actually been talking about how like the people that move to super rural places are generally, at times, I feel very antisocial in a way that they think that we are antisocial because, like, I don't encounter 
Like I, I live in the city, and I don't feel like I'm forced to deal with people often. I yeah. like I don't feel like I'm forced to have conversations with people. I don't feel like people step all over me or anything like that, you know. But they have this thing in their mind that people are like they have this thing in their mind that they live in a place that's almost gated even though it's not and if people show up that aren't from there then they must be trouble and they must be a problem and and i think that's like a real there there are just certain parts of the country where like there are just certain parts of the country where people who do better than you know upper they're kind of upper middle class a lot of times maybe middle class maybe a small business owner they get their big plot of land and they, they just don't want to see anybody and, and they'll use the police to keep you out. They'll use any means they can to keep you away from there. Oh yeah. Well, Alpha was definitely doing a good job of that because we ended up not being able to find a single place to drop supplies to actually help people that was centralized other um, than the police station. Damn. So we found a, a group in Bluntstown that was able to communicate with people that live there because while the official population is like 536, there's at least that many migrant workers. Yeah, because it's a farm. They couldn't get any supplies. Because yeah. it's where people yeah. do farming. There are going to be people there. So Border Patrol just took their took it as a good opportunity to cat, sweep up a bunch of people, which has been something they've been doing, you know, since Trump's in office. That's that's sort of oh, why yeah. you're we're all sitting around trying to like uh, like I I have this like renewed kind of interest in the Democratic Party this time because I know that we're probably going to have to vote for whatever they do. You know, whatever their person is, like, to get rid of Trump, at least. And not that I think that they would even fix the problem if they got in office. Not that I don't think that they would be just as aggressive. But it just feels like we got to do something about it, you know? Oh, no, definitely. Uh, We're kind of hopeful for our governor's race here. Andrew Gillum, who's currently the mayor of Tallahassee, is looking like he's got a good chance for yeah. uh, being governor. Yeah, I've actually so, seen I've seen stuff about him. It, it, that is like a really encouraging thing. That's another one of those things you look at where a person who has maybe further left politics than the average Democrat might be able to pull into a into a, a seat of power and hopefully do something, you know. But that that is a shame that they that they put it at the police station and and the police station are definitely arresting people. Like they're just kind of do you have a warrant if they ask for water and then they they sweep them up into the jail is is that what's happening uh, as far as we can tell it's mostly just border patrol trying to sweep up people okay the police were more the police were more just there lounging around blocking off roads that weren't blocked except for all the cop cars and uh basically just preventing free movement within the town okay well, you're doing a good yeah. thing. Uh, like, it's good that you're out there still just trying to help people and, and doing mutual aid. And, and it's just do what you can within this fucked up system, you know? Yeah, which, uh, speaking of, there's two more things I want to bring up real quick uh, that I know the news isn't talking about. You know how Mexico Beach is leveled, completely destroyed? No, I'm just hearing uh, that. They actually... Uh, they're having everybody move out of the town entirely. Everyone that lives there, they're telling them, it's done, it's gone, we're sorry, you gotta go live somewhere else. They weren't even able to bring in the cadaver dogs until today to hunt for bodies. Wow. So that, that 18 person body count you keep hearing is probably going to go up by quite a bit in the next few days. Sure. Yeah. Just north of uh, Panama City is Lynn Haven, Florida. There is an apartment complex owned by Pinnacle Property Management that after the hurricane hit, 
told the two or three hundred people that live there, yeah, we're going to just close and tear the building down. You guys all need to leave, and you have to have all of your stuff out within the next three days or it's going in the dumpster. Yeah, Holy shit. they did that a lot in New Orleans, too. That was one of the things. Like, a lot of times the way that they gentrify uh, cities sometimes is when a hurricane hits, they knock down the number of apartments that are in that area so that the real estate costs more for people to move back into the area. That happened in New Orleans after Katrina. That Like, I was seeing stuff where, like, apartment buildings that held thousands of people were knocked down and then... When they reopened them, they were mixed-use buildings that had about 250 apartments in them, which obviously the rent goes up for a mixed-use building. And, you know, we've we've done all the complaining we can about mixed-use buildings. I don't think they're going anywhere. <laughs> but, like, uh, that that is like a tactic that, that d- disaster capitalists is what I've heard them called. That's what they use. Yeah, man, I'm, oh, looking yeah, at, yeah. I'm looking at the footage of Mexico Beach right now. This is unreal. It's just like flattened houses for miles. Oh, yeah. And uh, but something I wanted to point out to everybody is we all talk about climate change and stuff. Something we're going to have to start dealing with is more climate refugees. Because a lot of these folks in uh, Panama City, I've got a comrade who's got some friends there, They their house is wiped out. They go back to work at the bar they worked at. Bar owner says, nope, we're done. We're closed. Bye. Yeah. No job. So they ended up moving up to Birmingham uh, right. to live with some friends for a bit while they hunt for work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there was a lot of the that. The rest of the country's got to see a lot more of us coming further north as these storms become a lot more common year after year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, when I was in Dallas, there was a lot of New Orleans people there. There uh, were a lot here in Columbus. That's true. I worked with a couple. It's funny. Brett was so mad yesterday about hanging out with a. He said there was Republicans where we were going. And then, like, one of the things you said to me was, like, this fucking climate change stuff. They don't even care about it. And it's like, you're right, man. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, yeah. these disastrous just, climate change things. And then like on Thanksgiving, you're going to go have to sit with somebody who's definitely going to say like, I don't really believe in climate change. I don't think that's real. That's fake science. Well, it's just frustrating that the, you know, you do have like cordial, very nice people that don't share ugly memes all day, but then like still vote for the people that sell us up the river, you yeah. know, when it comes to like the environment and stuff like that. Well, that's actually about to change. I think within the Republican party, Marco Rubio, uh, the wonderful Senator from my state who I called every week for a year and a half. And you see how well that worked. Uh, he, uh, just said on a, a news interview that, Oh no, no. The question isn't whether or not it's, climate change caused by people, the question really is, can we really have any policies that will affect it? Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also... quietly positioning themselves. I think that's also a Democrat thing, though. Like, what could we even do to affect it? Maybe we'll ban plastic bags at grocery stores, and you're like, it's going to take... We can tell you where the biggest polluters are. Those are the people that need to be making changes, you know? My little ass isn't doing anything. I'm doing everything. You know, you're, you're like sitting around at home like okay well i'm trying not to drive as much and like all this stuff but i think well, what difference does it make if it's just me you know there was how something. many 30 second showers can i take to save <laughs> the planet yeah yeah what different i mean you you feel so it feels so helpless because it's the same thing when we talk about like distribution of of resources when you're like they want to like tax like you're taxing me 
to get more money for the state, you're taxing people like a sin tax for cigarettes or something. When I don't have, you don't have the money. You know, those people don't have the money. Go get it from the people that have it. Go get it from Jeff Bezos. He's the one that's polluting everything, and he's the one that's using all the resources, and is the one that's not paying any taxes. You know, he doesn't pay into anything. And they never want to look at those people. They never want to look at the rich, the ultra-rich people. They're not the ones that we should go after. When they're the, they're the ones. They, like, you know, they talk about the top 100 polluters. 71% of all greenhouse gases, I believe, was the number. Yeah, that's who's doing it. That's who we need to stop. Not, it's not us. We can't stop it. Yeah. I heard a funny joke the other day talking about uh, whenever we rise up to eat the rich that we probably shouldn't because if you eat something at the top of the food chain, it causes biomagnification and you get all their toxins. So instead, we should compost the rich first and then, you know, go from there. That grow sounds vict- good. Grow victory gardens on top yeah. of them. Got Botox and all those fancy chemicals they shoot yeah. into themselves. And yeah. Well, hey, thanks for the update. I, th- I really appreciate you calling in. Yeah, no worries. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew about the Border Patrol and uh, what's going on with everybody being forced out by disaster capitalism. Yeah, uh, yeah. Real quick, if anybody wants to follow me, I'm at Mr. Maxwell Music on Twitter. I'll try to keep posting some updates on what we're seeing and whatnot. Thank yeah, you for we really calling. appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling. That's All right, cool. Every time we hear those, every time we do a call-in show around a natural disaster and we hear about the stuff, it's so disheartening to hear about the things that the government is, like the things that they prioritize, you know, like prioritizing having more border control there. It, it seems sick. It's like something a sick, like it's just something a bad person would do it's like the worst kind of impulse like and if you did that in your everyday life you know if you like i don't know if like somebody got kicked it's like if somebody got evicted from their house and you invited them to come live it live with you but they had to hear your lecture every day for the next five years or something like that it's just it's evil it's just something you wouldn't do you know what i mean you would never it would never be okay to kick people while they're down but that is like no, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't think that's the, the what we're going for first. Yeah, that's the central function of like border border patrols. Like they see an opportunity when it, when something like this happens. I'll choose my words carefully in light of recent events, but almost nothing makes me angrier than this. Like the vigor, like the breathless enthusiasm, like all of this shit. And I know, I know, a lot of things were happening well before the Trump inauguration. But, like, this Border Patrol shit, this ICE shit, like, very little gets me angry. I mean, it's it's the thing. I mean, the thing is, is, like, the Democrats will do it, but they're a little nicer about it. They aren't straight up, like, around people. It's Christmas morning for them. Well, let me just say, because I've been, I've given this a lot of thought, too, because the Democrats do do it. But I think that ICE runs differently under Democrats. Border Patrol runs differently under Democrats because they have that fear that these liberals are going to come after them and get rid of their jobs. They don't have that fear when Donald Trump is in office. Some, that fear is not there. Something about it feels different. It's like, I don't yeah. know. Like, no, these it guys... Like, it, it feels mean spirit. It just feels, like, ugly and... These guys had a jerk-off fantasy for decades, and then this fucking monster comes in, and they're like, all right. Like, they just let their freak fly. Yeah, fly. yeah they let the... Yeah, this is what they've been dreaming of. This is, this is like, their... They're like after the bar closes conversations like 
man, if we could just take a posse down there and round people up, you know? Yeah. So it just sounds like that kind of yeah. blind, stupid hatred. And, and for me, it's not, again, it's not a policy thing because I don't think Trump introduced, I don't know, I'm dumb, you know, but I don't know how many new policies. I guess he instituted the zero tolerance policy at the border, of course. But I really think that, like, a lot of those ICE raids and stuff very early on were just like, we know Trump isn't good. Trump is encouraging this. He yeah. would never, he's not going to bust us for this. There's not going to be blow back with the people that count right, on this right. so that we can get away with it. That's why I said like I almost feel like a, a, I feel like interest in the Democratic primary this time and I know I shouldn't because I did last time too and you're just like they're just going to let you down yeah. but it feels so important it feels you don't like have to we, be interested you just right. got to show up one day right, it's yes. like two hours of your time right but, I agree I agree I, I just think it seems important to start considering what we're going to have to do here. Like it is, this is maybe one of those times where it's like, we need to like, we need to like, stop the leak. You know what I mean? We need to like, this thing is going, we know this thing is going to crumble. Right. And we need to, because I I said this to my wife, I I, I think we know this thing's going to crumble. And I feel like we need to try to make it crumble in the most, like responsible way possible because it is happening like we're here when this thing's gonna die i think like it feels like we're here when this america thing's gonna die but we don't want it like we don't want the last days to be hell and i think the last days could really be hell under a guy like trump who who you know floats ideas about charging people to protest who who wants to make he thinks protesting is terrorism and things like that like i know we're going to have to have skin in the game at some point when we're fighting you know but i just don't want to see a bunch of people wiped away into like prisons and shit like that and again i don't think the democrats are necessarily going to stop that but i think there's a different attitude within people and within the government when the democrats are in power there's obviously going to be those angry people who were birthers and shit like that under obama but i you cannot say that this country wasn't a little bit different like under Obama than it is under Trump. Like that, that like he wasn't, it didn't seem as evil, I guess, but, and, and, and it probably was. Go look yeah. at your tweets. I know. I know. You were calling I, I realize every that. single day. Of I realize that. I, I do realize that, but that was me again. I'm a malcontent just like those other people, you know, I'm never going to be happy. You know, Bernie Sanders gets elected and I'll be yelling about Palestine every day, you know, and, and like, or cocaine being illegal and stuff like that. Like I'm always going to be pissed. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I think that, I mean, what really is frustrating to me is that we, I would love to see a solid defeat of all of that ideology. So that way we could just go head to head with neoliberalism and just deal with liberals and have them be the right wing. Like I would rather them, I don't mind them as the right wing, to be honest. Like that's fine to have their crazy convoluted pro business, whatever it is, old school status quo way of thinking. That's way easier to come up against than the wild, the wild, like I said, just absolute meanness and stupid stupidity, blind ignorance, all of that, you know. Right, and and like uh, when when the Democrats are the right wing, it's like uh, we're the mean ones. Sure, you know what I mean. Like we get to be the mean ones. Right now, I, I just over the past three years or so, I feel like the like 
I don't feel like I did during that time. Like, I did feel like I was the aggro one. I was the one saying, this needs to happen. This needs to change. But I really feel like the, the other guys are so mean. They're, no, they're so dirty yeah. and dark. And I feel like we can guilt Democrats where we can't do that with them. Nothing we say will make them feel bad. No, you know, they own all the ugliness within themselves. They love it. They don't care, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's 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 pretty bad. I mean, they're hanging out with the white supremacists and the fascism and all that shit. So let's take this next call here. We don't want to be here too damn late. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? What's up? This is Jack in Tucson. What's up? How's it going tonight, Zach? Is it Zach or I'm Gak? Good. I'm Gak? Gak. I thought he said. I thought they said Gak. Gak's a good name. Gak is cool. Gak's cool. Uh, Some people call it Coke Gak. Well, what's going on tonight, Zach? Um. I have a shitty boss story or a shitty customer story. Nice, Yay. nice. Everybody when has I was, uh, Yeah, when I was working at the coffee bar inside of Whole Foods. Ooh, mm. that is you know Whole yeah. Foods is the capital of May I See Your Manager. It's maybe oh, yeah. the most May I See Your Manager store, right? You know, that's a lot of people that have read a lot of books that said they can get whatever they want from people <laughs> if they just implement five easy tricks. <laughs> Okay. Those yeah, are black belt negotiators. The the money. There's like this mean older lady who would just come in and demand steamed heavy cream on the side on the and side. not want to pay for it. Whoa, oh, that's not. You weird. can never get something on the side without paying for it. There's, I think an uh, extra yeah. thing. There used to be the Waffle House we used to go to that said, you, it used to say, you cannot sub a waffle for toast. <laughs> they have <laughs> they to do that, put dude. It up there. They have to do that, dude, because people do expect that stuff. <laughs> oh, I know. You know? Remember yeah. that guy we saw that one night that found out pancakes were like, you would get a pancake as a side, and he just ordered 47 pancakes? Like, he kept making the waitress <laughs> go back and get him more pancakes? Right. I mean, people just... Right, but that's not that. That's, yeah, that's not like true. being like, yeah. "Hey, uh, could you just fill up my drink cup with uh, spaghetti and meatballs?" So, did they charge you? I mean, tr- trying to trying to rip us off—that's whatever. Yeah, but that's she fine. Was just mean about it, and it got to the point where people were trying. People would see her walk in the door and try and take their break. Oh fuck! <laughs> and leave me. So you'd have to you'd explain it to her every time that that's not a side item. Yeah, she would, and she would want to like pour it herself and like in front of you in case you didn't give her enough. <laughs> Several times she just asked for slightly uh, warmer. Yeah, she wanted like a hundred, really hot too. And like just, why? What is the, the like to pour yeah. in your milk? To pour your coffee into? Or? Yeah, it was. Yeah, to pour into her coffee and was real mean about it. And Did- then. Uh, one day, uh, I, I come in and my manager tells me that uh, they got in a screaming fight and she didn't show up after that. Oh, perfect. So she got taken care of. Yeah. See, that is that's just what we need is, like I was saying, some sort of customer court where we need to be able to have like a public place where you can say, this fucking person makes working here miserable. Yeah. We can't let them be coming in here anymore. That's you're, That's the thing. Like, I like the idea of a customer court where they can be just kicked out of a business. Like, sorry, you can't come yeah. to the Whole Foods no more. 
And the only reason, like, she got dinged for it was because she was mean to the manager, you know? Right, oh, yeah. yeah. Because I'm sure she, she... she was. She's allowed to be mean to me all she wants. Of course. Yeah. It's your job. That's how it works. And the managers have all the confidence in the world to go at the customer because they know they're not going to be the one that gets in trouble. They know that that shit's not going to roll downhill. And they always want you to please the customer. But when the manager gets involved, it's like, no. I mean, the thing about managers that always cracks me up is when somebody asks to see the manager and you go to get the manager and they're like, no, you need to handle this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, seen, I've had that a lot. <laughs> it's the worst experience. It's the worst feeling. You just got to have the same conversation with the manager listening and then they go away. <laughs> yeah. it's that's the, Well, I, I always had it like when I worked in call centers, they'd be like, can I speak to your supervisor? And I'd be like, yeah, let me, I mean, let me see if I can get my supervisor on the phone. I would get up and ask the supervisor to get on the phone and they'd be like, uh, you need to like take care of this. I'm not. I this is not a supervisor job. And I'm like, it is if they ask, man. Oh, they I don't leave you hanging. Yeah, they would make me go back to the phone and tell them no. And you it never, was just like, oh, oh no, okay. In those situations, we would just trade headsets and pretend to be the manager. That would have been a smart thing to do. I never did that. I always just would get so uh, locked in these. Put a funny voice on. Yeah. Do some different accent. I mean, I got locked in a lot of really bad interactions with customers in the call center. I think that was the place where the worst, where I had the worst interactions because it just felt like, like, I can't do anything about this. I can't hang up on you and you can just say whatever you want. And like, as long as you don't cuss, I can't do anything about it. And, you know, I didn't really hang up on people when they cussed either because I didn't yeah, really care that much. You know, it didn't hurt my feelings or anything. I even notice it. Yeah, who cares? I get cussed at all day. It's fine. That's crazy, though. Well, thanks for calling in. Oh yeah. Have a great night. We we're good. We're gonna get these calls. Thanks, in. you too. We're gonna make these calls. Yeah, in. we got some more people are calling. I didn't realize Jason put the number on the live stream there, so I'm sure more people are getting the number from. Well, that. we're going three hours, so <laughs> whatever whatever happens happens, Brett. Don't feel guilty. All right, uh, who's on the line here? Can you hear us? Is it Skelly? Skelly welly welly, Skelly boy, he's a Skelly girl, the non-binary skeleton. Skeletons are all non-binary because you can't see their wing wongs. Like, you can't see their area. It's like a hole. Right. It's a mystery. Yeah, so non-binary skeleton. Oh, oh my God. You loser, you oh had my, it uh, muted. I had it muted accidentally. Oh, oh, it's oh hey, how's it going? How's everybody doing? Hey. Hi, it is a non-binary skeleton. Oh, hey, what's up? How's it going? Is this Elizabeth? It's Elizabeth Milo. 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 Holy shit, we've been wanting to hear from you. I called in sick last week. I apologize to everybody for that. How's it going? Oh, God, it's going pretty well. I just got home from my first day at my new job. Where are you working? New and first. New and first. Oh, I'm not going to ask you where you're working on Street Fighter. Are you working at a restaurant? Uh, no, it's uh, kind of like at a, a deli at a grocery store. Okay. 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 So That's it's not good. bad. No, it's, it's like a real job. It's like, like a real job. It's, it's not like a you know retail first no. you know cash. I mean that that is a real job, but you know I think you you're doing. Are you doing? You're so you're. Are you like doing a nine to five thing? Uh, pretty much. Like forty hours. I mean, not those hours. But. Not those hours, but like you got a schedule at least. You're getting okay. four. Are you getting forty? Yes. Oh wow! Yeah, around, I think like around, around that. Yeah. So how's how's life outside of the uh, cult? It's I'm living the dream. 
That is so. Did you guys? Did Did you two find weed by any chance? Oh my god, no. we haven't. That's and okay. I have some very very sad news. Okay. Um. So I am hopefully going to be getting a job. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I have it pretty much. I just need to like get contacted, you know, by the HR people. Um, like I already had like the interview with the person who would actually be hiring me, but you know, just so it's a job at my college, um, just a community college, and uh, it's a janitor position, which is pretty cool. Oh, I, I think it, I'd be that. a lot like. Goodwill hunting, except just dumb as shit. Nice, Elizabeth. Um, I wanted that job. Like I, I would. I am not lying, and I'm not being like patronizing or anything. Janitor always seemed like I can do this. This is something I can handle. They get paid. Oh, absolutely. Okay, you know. Yeah, cleaning shit up is easy. Yeah. I was afraid of cleaning shit yeah, up for a big part of my life, but now I do it all the fucking day long. <laughs> I know. At some point in your life, you're probably going to be just cleaning shit up all the time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it sounds like like it sounds like a job that I could actually like hold for a long time and like feel cool about it. Yeah. Cool. But I mean, you know, feel feel good because like you know, it doesn't seem so soulless. I mean, no, like, I'm actually doing something with my hands and body. It is very necessary. Yeah. And it's also um, what you just said there, doing stuff with your hands and body. Like, that was always super important to me because I did, I worked at a call center for a period of time and I, I just, that didn't work for me at all. I needed, I, it didn't work for me at all. I needed, like, to do something. I needed to be moving around and doing stuff. You're, you, you, you're going to like it, I think. I think. And at a community college, they generally pay decent, right? Uh, it's like, 25 cents, 50 cents over minimum wage. Okay, so, that's not decent. That's not, you know, not, not great, but... Um, hey, I applied at my community college when I was there. I probably applied for seven jobs there and got turned down for every single one of them, even after I graduated college, so, you know. Oh, yeah, I applied for, for a bunch, but they all just... Um, like they, they just took forever to, like, get back to you. Yeah. Um... It's just like oh, when you're trying news, to give financial aid at a community college. <laughs> mm-hmm. The bad news is uh, I'm going to get drug tested. Just once, right? It's not random. I think so. Yeah, no, it's just once. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure just once, which is fine because I don't, I haven't done any drugs, but which is sad because I would like to do drugs. I'm so happy for you, though. Like, that feeling of, like, going into a drug test and knowing for 100% certain that you're going to pass... That's something I haven't experienced in my whole entire life. And it's just a really beautiful thing to me to think about. Like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to pee in that cup and nothing's going to come up. They're going to dip their little thing in there. It'll take a look and it'll be like, that's the cleanest I pee I ever saw. Drug test. You do? Yeah, I, I, had to take, I had to take a drug test and I was afraid something would come up, even though I've never done a drug in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still afraid, like, oh, shit, what if? Oh my god. What if they know that I want to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what you're going to be working. I, I will say, Milo, you're working at a place where you're going to be able to find weed very soon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, the dude I was working with today. <laughs> oh, my God, I did not hear this. Oh, well, no, 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 he, he didn't offer me anything, but he was just saying, like, oh, where are you from? Like, oh, I'm from California. I'm like, oh, holy shit, I want to go there one day. You, they have this thing legalized where I really like, that I really like. <laughs> that person is going to hook and you then, up. Like, after, after a bit, he, like, went out to smoke weed. Then let me say so, something here. 
that person just did what that guy on Undercover Boss botched, right? <laughs> when you talk to somebody so. about marijuana at your job, the first time you do it, you have to act like coy about it. You need to be like, hey, yeah. you know, feel that person out. That's yeah, uh-huh. It's so great that you got a job. It like you're really doing this thing. I, I'm, I'm. That's yeah. That's really awesome. How is like the the family stuff going? Um, I don't know. They haven't contacted me in like a day or two. Mm. Oh, but like, when was oh, this last week? Yeah, this is sometime last week. This is re- this is really great. This is sometime last week. I don't know. My dad was being weird as always, saying like, "Oh, we miss you." Oh, nothing's the same without you. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, out of the blue, he's like, can we order you guys a pizza? <laughs> well, that's and, nice. Okay. Danger. Yeah. Danger. Danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. But, like, I don't know if he, like, thought it'd make up for, you know, the years of abuse. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... That was nice, I guess, but I don't know if he expected me to be like, oh my god, thank you so much, Father, you're the best, oh my god, I wonder why I ever left home. Yeah, there's probably more of a conversation that needs to be, maybe buy a pizza and then have a long talk over that pizza. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So are they trying to get you to move back? Is that... Is that happening, or or are they kind of accepting that you've made a decision? They realize that I made the decision, but, like, they're constantly saying, like, oh, there are some stuff going on in the cult, and, like, it might be the end of days. You should return soon. Yeah. That's a good threat. I mean, that's a decent threat, though, to be like, you know, you're... Yeah, considering that they traumatized me with that, you know, threat of Armageddon, it it does kind of stir fear in me, but I'm like, um, I'd rather die. I want to promise you that Armageddon is not going to happen to you. I'm just going to say that to you right now. It's not happening. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. Armageddon. That's not. Yeah. And they keep and they keep saying, like, there there's some strange things happening. <laughs> and they sent me an article of like, because one of the things, one of the signs that Armageddon is coming soon is that, um, I don't know, big uh, government dudes are going to shut all religions. No, we lost them. We lost them. Hello. Oh no! They turned skelly at the end. They skellied at the beginning and skellied at the end. It happens, you know. Shit, was it the man? Hello. They... Oh, you're here. You're there. We just lost you for a second, but you're back. No idea why. So that's you, so strange. They said that the government. Now? Yeah, they said the government's going to start outlawing religion. Yeah, exactly. And like the and the thing is. Uh, all religions are going to be outlawed, and only the Jehovah's Witnesses will continue on being the true religion, and then, like, they'll be persecuted because they continue their religion and not because they're bad. That's, um, that, that is a real, like, uh, that's really, like, hating on all the other religions. It's like, as soon as the government oh, yeah, makes religion illegal, Christians are going to be like, I ain't Christian anymore. Whoa, hold on a second. But Jehovah's Witnesses will be the strong ones that are like, I will continue not having holidays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've only done some precursor Googling, but that's not happening, right? <laughs> I don't they think the end of the doing that. I well, I don't think Donald Trump's going to do that. Maybe in a second term after he beats the Democrats, that might be something he'd look into. But he can't do that until the till after the election, at least. 
That is wild. Yeah. That like I can't imagine like the thing that I'm using. Like so, if my daughter, if I was a, sort of estranged from my daughter, if my daughter had left me, and then I get on the phone with her and I say, you know, the world's probably going to end, and I'd hate to be in heaven with you in hell. That would suck. Like right. yeah. That's- that's what they're saying. <laughs> that sounds. No. But they believe in this. Was your dad? Can I ask you? Was your dad like, like, did he convert to Jehovah's Witness, or is it like kind of? No, all of my family were born in the religion. Okay, oh, that's so strong. They probably are kind of freaking out. I guess, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like how many? Gener- like three or four generations, yeah, right? Yeah. Three wow. Four Wow, that is scary. That is, yeah. There, I mean, but it's not your responsibility. Your is not your responsibility to make them feel better about their choices, no, and it's not. Yeah, your yeah. life, your life is your life, and being out, mm. being out and and about, and like doing the things you want to do and living out loud is like that's the best thing you can do for your mental health. I mean, that's what fixed me. You know, being being able to be who mm. I am all the time is what fixed me. And I imagine that like, it just feels good. Even, I mean, we even talked about this with Elizabeth when, when she moved out, right? Like you move out, you get to be who you are all the time. It, it changes your mental state completely. Like, oh, yeah. oh, it's crazy. Yeah. And you start to feel like you, you start to feel like so much more free and, and it means that yeah, you achieve I, more. I don't feel like I have to put on like different personalities for people anymore. Like I can just be me. Like, because all the time around my parents, I had to be a certain way. Around, you know, cult friends, I had to be another certain way. And now I'm just, I'm just me, I guess. I don't know. Are there, can I ask if, like, are they, uh, I guess, quite my so my wife was, a her parents were Mormon for a period of time. Mm-hmm. So now sometimes the Mormons will come hunting my wife down. And like try to, you know, they'll be like, you should try this Mormon thing again. It's really cool. You'd really love it. And uh, she always like tells them to go away. Are they going to start sending Illinois Jehovah's Witnesses to like talk to you? Do you think? I'm pretty sure they will eventually. Uh. My dad also sent me addresses of like local churches of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like go talk to them. They'll help you. They'll give you a place to stay or I don't know. And you can't do it halfway, right? Is this something that you like? Because you said that you do have like some of the stuff still in your mind. This isn't a this isn't a sort of religion that you can do halfway at all. Like where you could go to the no. church and talk uh-huh. to them, but then still live the life that you're trying to live now. That's not a possibility. No. That's not a possibility. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. I thought that when we were going to pick up the pizza, that there would be like some Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like a trap. Hi, Heidi. Here's your pizza. Yeah, you I was know trying to. That the world is going to end very soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just wondering if it was like a ruse to get your address too. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that is a. That's what I'm saying. They have it, right? Yeah, yeah, they they were. I didn't want to like make them think I was leaving into somewhere unsafe and like. Okay. I don't know. No, just to put sense. their minds at ease to leave me alone a bit more. Just so that there's no like police or anything yeah. like that. Right. Well, I'm really glad that you're doing well. You sound even happier than you did the last time, which to me is like, oh god, yeah. It sounds like things are really going great, and you got a job. How is working? Yeah. How was how was your first day at work at a at a at a job? My first day was great. Uh, it it was like you know pretty much what I expected. It's work, but like it 
feels a lot better now because I'm working. I decided to work. I'm like, I'm doing this for myself. Hey, how excited are you? Uh, how excited are you, Brett, for the Milo calls yelling about their boss? I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm now I'm just a street fighter that calls in and yells about my boss. <laughs> no, but I mean, I guess everyone was nice enough. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'll call back. In case I have any stories, don't worry. That would be beautiful. And and again, really keep us updated on this because I, I, like I said, I think it's really brave. Uh, I said this last time. I think it's really brave what you did. And it's stuck with me and it's stuck with a lot of the listeners and it's stuck with Brett yeah. since you called in. It's very inspiring to us. And uh, I, I just, you need to know that like a lot of people are 40 years old and afraid to to do what you've done. You know what I, the, to like, yeah. to like, you know, tell your parents, like, I'm done. And like this, you're not, you don't have power over me anymore. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people in their thirties are still afraid to do that. So what you've done is incredibly brave and it's, it's really cool that you did it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. You two have, uh, a- oh, we, we have another quick thing. So oh, no. I've been contacted by a bunch of military recruiters, like two or three military recruiters nice. recently <laughs> over text. Um, and, and can I can we do a oh, quick dramatic you... reading of uh, the transcript? Yes. Yeah, let's hear it. Absolutely. Oh, Hi, I will be playing uh, Staff Sergeant Stock, and you will be playing me, Milo. Oh, God. Okay. Hello, this is Staff Sergeant Stock, U.S. Army recruiter. If you would like some information about the Army and Army Reserve, feel free to let me know. We have opportunities in the medical field, mechanical engineering, law enforcement, and many more. If you are not interested, then state that you are not interested. Okay, I apologize in advance. Hello, Mr. Sergeant Sir. (laughs) I do have some questions for you. Okay. Um, well, I was just wondering... Why are you part of an organization that serves the interests of capitalists? <laughs> Don't you think it's strange that the army colonizes and puts in place puppet government in parts of the world that can that we can extract resources from? I just don't understand why it's okay to murder children and innocents or even people trying to gain autonomy from their regions so our cars can be fueled, Chief. Um, well, I think it's strange that you smell like a toddler using her crayon. As far as the children and innocents go, are you watching news from the Vietnam time frame? Oh. And then I sent in, like, a bunch of, like, you know, we murder children stuff still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Um, They're on text message now. They have to put up with some long messages. That's great that you're making them put up with it, though. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then so. Oh no! And it's like, uh, it's like, oh right, Vietnam era in quotation marks. But uh, one, fuck the troops. Two, fuck the United States. And three, I will never join your terrorist organization. Never contact me again. <laughs> then leave the country if you feel that way. Of course. And of the course. next message. Oops, contacted you again. (laughs) 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 I was just so shocked that, like, they didn't be like, okay, have a nice day. Yeah, I mean... 
you went in on them though, so they had to do like that. Here's the thing about what happened there: as soon as you sent the first message, they argued with you in their head for the next. They're still doing it. They're laying yeah. in bed right now, arguing with you in their head. You know, True. I do want to say that I love how at the beginning of at the beginning of this, when they're listing all the things you can do in the military, none of them are kill people. Yeah, <laughs> you can be an engineer. You can be a doctor. You can be like nothing. It's like uh, there's another job that you're ignoring that people do. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, wait, wait, what are you engineering? What are you doing electricity for? <laughs> All right, murder. Yeah, what are you engineering over there? What's the engineering that's happening? Well, thanks for calling in. we got to try to get some of these people on before we uh, yeah. cut them off so we're not rude to them. Yeah, totally. All right, thanks for your time, guys. See ya. See ya. All right, let's see who's on the line next here. We get, I think we can get them all in here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello. Hello. Everybody's skellies. All the skellies. All the skellies. Everybody's skeletons coming over tonight. Dude, it is Halloween. Dude. It is. It's scaly. It's We're going to go to a haunted house oh, this wait, weekend. That one got dropped. They must have Brett, we gotta go passed. To, we're going to go to a haunted house this weekend. Maybe. We're try and work that out. Okay. Is, is the haunted hoochie still a thing? We're not doing no. that. Hoochie. I don't want to get groped by some... I don't want my wife to get groped by some weirdo. <laughs> we're going to We're going to the real professional scary boy. We're going to the 13th floor, I think. It's the, it, according to the ads, it says it's the scariest one in the country, which I believe. You know, that's, It's a traveling one. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Whatever. You know? All right. Let's see who's online here next. Thank you for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is John from Austin. What's up, John? How's it going? Hey, not too bad. Um, man, I just got out of the army, and that was a nightmare scenario. <laughs> Congrats, the, uh, recruiter. Because <laughs> I got out, uh, I got out just in time because they were going to send me. Like, you get to a point where they're going to send you either to like train people or like to go to recruiting duty, which. Everybody says it's the worst thing they've ever done. Like, I, sounds, can't, I can't even imagine. It does like, like sort of sound like it roughly translates to uh, like wor- the worst. Like it sounds like the worst kind of customer service you could ever possibly do is recruitment. And it's also the same thing with like don't don't be a drill sergeant. I can't imagine a drill sergeant being able to listen to Street Fight. You know, I'm like reading this book yeah. about a guy that's in boot camp, and I'm like. I hate those people. I hate these drill sergeants. I really do hate them. You didn't like Lee or Lee I know. Army. I didn't even back then. And that's what, like sort of one of the things I told the recruiter when, when I had to talk to him back when I was 18. It was just like, I don't want some guy yelling at me all the time. Right. And then they're like, oh, they don't do that. It's like, that's like in movies and stuff. And I'm like, bullshit, they don't do it. Don't lie. It's yeah, they, worse. they yell at you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, there's no way they don't scream at you. Like, they didn't, that like thing doesn't just come out out of whole cloth you know what i mean like it's not something that people are making up and like i said i mean the way that military propaganda works in this country it's probably worse than what you see in a movie well the drill sergeants are there's those guys are actually really funny and they're and they're kind of blue collar like i would much prefer a drill sergeant to an army officer Okay, I have. They do might, have. I might be getting a little salty there. They do have funny jokes. I will say, sort of, that they they sometimes will have some funny insults and stuff where you're like, "Oh, that's a good one." Okay, you got me there. But I just don't want to get screamed at. I'm a, I'm a guy that I can't stand getting screamed at. Yeah, and they get to practice too. It's like it's like stand up comedy. They, the guy didn't come up with all those jokes 
on the spot, right? Right. He's, he gets to own the context. Do you think there's a joke book that they give them? Like, here, you can call it, you can say, I didn't know they stacked shit hit this high. Have you thought about that one yet? <laughs> have you thought about, uh, you know, whatever the, oh, have you called a guy the, 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 uh, have you called a guy fruity lately? Like, you know? <laughs> if it doesn't hit, you just have a new batch of noobs in eight weeks yep. and you can try it out on those, the next people. What? Workshop See, it. Here, look. I just solved a problem. If we abolish all this stuff, if we quit all the war and stuff, we'll get them a stand-up gig. You know, let them do 15 minutes every <laughs> night somewhere. They'll love it. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. Good Except trade. for you have to make the people in the audience laugh. Like, that, you take away all their power when, they <laughs> when they're the performer, you know? Right. So oh, yeah. There's a lot of guys that think they're comedians in the Army, but they actually just always have a... They always have a captive audience. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of bosses. I mean, that's just like any sort of authority. Because I've had a lot of bosses who have been like, even after I was a comedian, you know, like when I worked at the camera store and stuff, there were always people like telling me jokes and stuff like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, man. No, yeah. No, it's not. Not, not working Thank for Thank God me. I never have to sit through that again. <laughs> well, what's going on tonight? Um... Yeah, I called to talk about some other stuff, but I wanted to sign off on the scooters. We got to, you know, Austin was like ground zero for one of those one of those scooter things, and I got to ride one of those things around for the first time. And yeah, that thing goes like 15 miles per hour, and yeah. I was on that thing with like flip flops on and no helmet. I know. And you could definitely you could definitely get it airborne. You could lose a toe. Um, you could actually, if you're on one of those with flip flops and you're actually going, you could lose. That's a that's a toe loss right there. I can guarantee it. I would. I'm not that brave. But I wasn't in the military. Either. Yeah, and you know, they <laughs> they they cover their ass because you have to take off a bunch of a bunch of stuff that like I'm wearing a helmet, I'm wearing right. you know clothes toed shoes. And one of the questions, one of the things you agree to do is not to go downhill, I didn't at least that. on the scooter that I was on. And how are you going to go from any A to any B without ever going downhill? I'm not sure. I think they're like, talking there was some about definition. Because I went down a hill and I was going 22. I was like, my neighborhood has a big hill on it, and I was trying to get home, and I was on one of those, and that thing said like 22 miles an hour, and I was like, yeah, 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 flashing red. Yeah, I'm going right now. Uh, I, I, I mean, I enjoy them. You know, I, I want to get airborne on one. I think I'm going to try and get airborne on one now. I'm going to see it. They right are just, really. They are pretty great. Like it's really hard to argue against, like how, like how easy, how much easier they make it to get around a an urban environment. Yeah, I mean, it, really, all the arguments against them make some sense to me. Like it is, it does suck that they let the people leave those things laying around, but they hassle homeless people. You know what I mean? Like I totally get all that stuff. I like some of the arguments are really on point, and I get it. But there's also just some of it is just like. These things aren't too like people like them, and like I just hate to be the guy that says this thing you like, you're not allowed to do it anymore. I don't want to be that person ever, you know. Yeah, and you can buy your own. I, I I got an ad. I don't I don't know how I got the ad, but it, I think they cost like about eight hundred dollars. Like you can buy one from Amazon. Dang. But I think people are just used to just grabbing those things, so you really have to like take care of it. I think yeah. someone would try to grab it and ride <laughs> off with it if you didn't secure it. Right? True. That is true. That is very true. Hey, so I had a, so what I, what I was going to call about was, uh, was a bad boss job. Okay. I'll, I'll let you guys go. Cause I know you're getting toward the end here. 
So it's actually, I really like my boss at this. I, I, I worked at this, uh, this record company. Um, in my town, it was like, it's kind of a regional chain now, but there used to be just like one or two of these, like this local record company. And like everybody wanted to work there. Cause it was like all the cool kids worked at, this is back when people still bought like CDs. And, uh, so you get to work there and they pay you like $5 an hour, but, but they still had like, people were always still coming in with their little resumes. And, uh, so I got the, I got the job somehow, even though I was, I was kind of a square, but, uh, they installed all the, so they got to the point where they were installing all these cameras because they were like branching out and they were getting, you know, they were going like tri-state. And, uh, it, so management was always like looking at these cameras and you kind of hear like the managers would be like, well, so-and-so was, you know, they saw so-and-so leaning when, you know, there was no customers. And I ended up like being one of the guys that got a talking to. And my manager, I remember like, it was like 550 an hour and the, the dude brought me in and he's like, yeah, you know, there was nobody there and you guys were supposed to be like sorting CDs and, you know, I just need to get my money's worth out of you. Oh my God. My, you did. And, you got it when I showed up today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, where did you, did someone tell you to say that? Cause that's the most insane thing that anyone's ever said to me at a job where I'm not even making like, I haven't even broken six, six dollars an hour, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's disrespectful. So, yeah, and I guess it's, I think it's just understood now. I think that's, that might be like a, a thing of the past where like we used to not have cameras everywhere because I think now it's just kind of understood that you're always being watched. Yeah, I remember they were always hovering when I worked in my retail positions. Yeah. And getting... I went to, uh, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was so, yeah, and I got, so I'm just like, we weren't used to having all these cameras looking at us. So the, the next job I got was actually at this, uh, this sandwich place and they were like by the time I was about to leave they were they were putting in their new camera system and they were gonna they were gonna and of course the, you know you think the cameras are gonna look out at the floor where like shrinkage is happening but no they were like the, the two main cameras are looking down at the registers you know to make sure make sure the employees are doing the right thing right they're spot so, on they're making you know, sure they get every every single minute uh, is spent on doing work yeah they need to get their money's worth out of you <laughs> so when I when I left, uh, it was like I remember at the time like think, thinking it was kind of fucked up, and now I think it's kind of kind of rad. But like we were closing up one time, and this one dude just he's kind of a scumbag. But he he ran out of that place with like a thirty rack of some kind of beer, and like just got away with it. And that that must that beer must have tasted good. Oh yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's, yeah, like tastes like free beer. Yeah, like free, free, free tastes good, but I feel like like stolen beer must like taste. That must be like another category <laughs> above free. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. But my last night at that place, uh, I jumped up on the counter and I smeared like a little bit of Crisco on each one of those cameras, and then I got the fuck out of there because <laughs> they hadn't set it up yet. They were like, "We're gonna take care of all this shit that we're that we're dealing with with these cameras," and I I should have gone back, but now it's like this was like over 10 years ago. And I just wish I could see those guys' faces when they try to try to fire up those cameras and, like, they just look out of focus no matter what they do. Yeah, they can't figure a way to get them work. That's fucking these, hilarious. These guys, this was my first experience with, like, when you guys, you know, when you guys talked about the small business tyrant, like, I know that kind of, like, rang a bell in a lot of people's heads. But, like, this place was, like, it was, a, it was another local place. It's a local sandwich place. And uh, they had this thing where, like, they looked at the they looked at their numbers, and they were making most of their money out of the fridge. 
you know, because they're selling like, so, you know, soda for a huge markup and they're selling right. beer out of the fridge. Right. So they were like, they were like, we ran the numbers and we're making most of our money out of the fridge. So um, what we're going to do is uh, for this whole week, if everything is stocked all the way to the back, you know how there's like a little ramp uh, like that goes to the back of the little walk-in fridge? Right. Mm -hmm. They were like, if the it has to be solid all the way to the back for a whole week and we'll give everybody a raise. And you know, and you know how that's gonna go. So like everybody, all the all the people are like, all everybody's all excited to get like to get their raise, and I think it was a raise. And they're like, they were all excited to like stock the fridge 100% all the time. And it didn't matter, it didn't matter if you could like grab something out of the front. They wanted it stocked all the way to the back for some reason. Okay. And then of course, you know, Friday night happens, and they're like, oh yeah, there was there was one, there like the the. The Diet Coke wasn't all the way filled up, so nobody's getting a raise. Oh, God. They and always... I was like, what were they... What were they thinking? Like, that... Like, how could you ever think that was a good idea to... to just a disconnect between, you know, the reality and what these guys looking at the books are thinking. It's completely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just see you as the most... Like, a lot of people, the bosses see the employees as the biggest inconvenience yeah. of having the job. They're the biggest problem, the biggest cost. And I hate that they hate, like, secretly or, like, I just wish I could do away with these these things that drive me crazy. Yeah, they're assholes. Yeah, I guess it's the thing that they have the most irritation with is the is the employees that actually have to go out and do all the real work. Well, but, but they're just, uh, I mean, the thing about it is they're just, it is just all a number situation where they're like, I don't want this to cost any, any money on my books, but they don't understand of what kind, what you're going to get from people when you only pay them $5 an hour. You can't expect much from them. Or what the contract is. Like, they don't understand that, like, you're there, you're needed to. You know, they feel like they're doing the whole thing. Oh, this is all me. You know, no, you're, you don't get, you couldn't do this by yourself. You needed me. You needed employees. So guess what? I have to deal. I mean, I can't imagine working with music geeks anyway. Like just the, the guy that has the big record collection. That's like, I'm going to open up a music store. I would just be miserable all day. I'm like, can we finally listen to corn or something like that? Jeez. Like, making me listen to all this hip music. Yeah. We used to have to. Uh, this might be controversial, but we used to like the, the employees used to get to put like their their CD in, and there was a while there where someone was putting in a Bob Dylan record, and that guy just sounds like a kazoo for like sixty straight minutes. Yeah. I feel like I should have gotten combat pay for listening to that that Bob Dylan record. <laughs> like I listened to Jimi Hendrix play some Bob Dylan music, but oh my god, I don't know how people listen to listen to his like the stuff he actually plays. Yeah, I've never been into it myself. It's an acquired taste, right? It has to, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you have to be from a certain generation and yelled at all the time if you don't think Bob Dylan's the greatest. It's kind of the thing. Certain yeah. generation, <laughs> It is a fun voice to do. It, yeah, it's fun to it's fun to imitate it. Well, well thanks for, for calling in. We got a, we got like two more probably to get in, right? We got two more to get in, and we're gonna make it. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for Thank calling. You. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to? Hey, what's up? How's it going, guys? This hey. is Ben from Ithaca. 
Oh, I, wait, I didn't even say my name. How did you know? I'm just, I'm I'm intuitive like that. I'm psychic, and I know the listeners. You've been found out. You've been caught. What's going on tonight, Ben? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, shit, you guys are cops. I knew it. <laughs> What's going on tonight, Anyways. Ben? We got, we got, we got, a, we got, we, we're trying to, we're trying to get them all in tonight. Okay, hey, um... I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Elizabeth and Milo. Um, I heard that Milo said that her parents were, their parents were still trying to buy them pizza. Um, and I wanted to offer to buy them very non-religious pizza every week. That's a good idea. Because, um, um, Street Fighters uh, sent me stuff, so I want to do the same. So, um, I'm the only Ben on the Facebook group. With a direction as their last name, I don't really want to out myself. But if they find me on the Facebook group, I'm very willing to buy non-religious pizza every week for them until they can get their own pizza. His name is Ben Wright. Is that yeah, Ben Wright? Ben, not west, not north. <laughs> not ben, <east>. ben <laughs> left. Ben, ben not no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't really have, I mean, I work in retail still. I have a million bad customer stories, but I have a bad, uh, coworker story this week because, um, I work in a place that, uh, oh shit. I always call myself Ben from Mythica, so I can't say the name of my store but it it's uh Schmarget. I work at Schmarget. Okay. I know that and, place. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you 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 know Schmarget, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh I work there and this week uh someone like shot up in our uh bathroom. Mm-hmm. And got caught and the only reason they got caught is because they make us do like like hourly bathroom checks now and someone who was doing a bathroom check like looked under a stall and saw that someone had a needle on the floor were they okay yeah they were totally okay they just put their needle on the floor because they were preparing to do Uh drugs and um uh the position that i'm in is kind of the person who like runs the front end but, like, I don't get paid for it, so I don't get paid to care about anything. Right. I just have to, like, tell people to go to break and stuff. Did they and, tell um, on the needle the, guy? Did they tell on him, or did they just yeah, come out? Well, and, it, was a, it was a woman, but, like, uh, the person that was doing my job that day uh, actually called the cops on this person. Uh, and the person a- got arrested, and their life was probably fucking ruined over it. That's the and, worst possible uh, way to respond to that that to that you know yeah, yeah exactly because it wasn't like this person was like overdosing or anything like we do bathroom checks and uh the person who was doing it saw a needle on the floor and i don't know i've been thinking about it all week and i like i actually like argued with the people like the person who was i also work in a place that sells coffee in the store half of the week uh-huh and on this day, I was working in that place, and the person that does that job came in and was like, 
like bragging about the fact that they like came across this and called the cops and um so I got in kind of an argument with them and that's how I found out about it and I don't know I just wanted to like I don't know how to feel about it because like it's weird because like um the person that did it is someone that like doesn't make more than me you know it's a person that can't get by based on their job but like there's this there's this like societal notion that if someone does drugs in public that you have to call the cops on them and it's stupid <laughs> yeah i mean it's she she basically whoever or whoever did the call them did what the dare program was all prepping us to do you know like the, the yeah. I can imagine it not being a very popular opinion to not call the cops on somebody doing that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I was talking with someone else who's also a street fighter about it. Like, right after it happened, and it was uh, like it was like a weird argument because I'm the one like dissenting opinion in this like story that's like, well, you kind of ruined this person's life and it's fucked up. Like. You didn't find someone OD and you found someone doing drugs and instead of like trying to help them, you called the cops and this person got arrested. <laughs> yeah. But like the popular opinion, like among like everybody is like, you shouldn't do drugs in public, but I don't think uh, a bathroom stall is very public. I mean, there's no, no camera in there or anything. That's not a public space. Yeah, and uh, they're probably just going to do some shopping. That's the other thing is people believe that you do hard drugs and then you turn into a maniac and start acting out, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a bummer because it makes me like... Uh, feel very disconnected. I like, like, Ithaca, where I live, is a very, like, liberal space, but, like, when you come into contact with stuff like this, you kind of see the disconnect from, like, you as a person who, like, I don't know, like, I don't feel like doing drugs makes you a criminal. I mean, like, obviously, you guys don't either, but, like, but it's weird to be, like, how they're, like... popular opinion. Yeah, even among, like, like a town, like, Esco's considered, like, a little Portland, I guess, so, like, it's weird to meet, like, other people who are, like, middle-of-the-road liberals, and you think you're gonna, like, find some sort of common ground, but they're like, if you do drugs in public, you should get arrested. <laughs> but it's like, why? Because, like... You're going to get arrested and you're going to get your life ruined. It's not going to do anything to help you by way of addiction or anything else. Yeah, we have a pretty interesting bill coming up for vote. Issue one, which is going to get rid of... What's it doing, Brian? Uh, no prison time, basically, for drug for drug charges. I think it's an uphill battle, though. I, yeah, I, I really sure. think there's so much dark money rolling into the city yeah. and people and, and we're so ravaged by the opiate epidemic that... You know, this is going to be a hard sell, but I think maybe because so many people have experiences with this sort of thing that it might make it through because people are tired of seeing their family get thrown in jail for their problems, you know? Yeah. Yeah, obtaining, possessing, and using drugs can only be considered a misdemeanor. I hope so, because, like, um, uh, 
I'm from a small town that, like, is, like, I mean, it's, like, a middle-class town, but, like, every middle-class town, it's being kind of ravaged by the opioid epidemic, but it's a very, like, hard-on-drugs kind of community, so, like, you kind of see the flip side of it where people are, like, published, or, I mean, like, punished to the full extent for, like, being addicts, and it really sucks. And I hope to see that change because um, my whole family, like I come from a very like poor family and everybody in it has been ravaged by some sort of, di- of addiction. And my whole childhood was kind of like visiting people in jail because they got arrested for doing drugs or something. And it sucks. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah that sucks that happened. Um I mean, I don't know what to tell you. We're, we're, we are the way we are because we're extremely frustrated with regular folks and their stupid, harmful opinions as well. So I understand that fight. Yeah. But, you know, maybe one of maybe someday they'll remember what you said to them and, and have a change of heart. Maybe. Hey. You, I mean, you won't know unless you engage with them, right? Yeah, for real. Well, thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, real quick, before I go, I just turn around. Elizabeth and Milo to contact Benjamin with, uh, uh, not north, not east, not west last name. I will buy pizza for you. Non-religious pizza. <laughs> okay. Nice. All right. Thanks for calling in, Ben. We're yeah. Get this last call out of the way, right? Yep. Depending, maybe too, but. Thank you, know. you for calling Street Hey, what's up? Howdy. Hey, this is Patrick Hafer from Eugene, Oregon. What's up, Patrick? How's it going? Oh, man, I'm all right. Just got off work an hour ago, and I got to walk my happy ass home smoking nasty cigarillos, but, you know. All right. That's a nice walk, though. What's going on tonight? Oh, not much. Girlfriend broke up with me a little bit ago, and I just kind of wanted to call in and take my anger out and just say Nazis are pieces of shit, and I just want to bitch about Nazis. Okay. Okay, go for it. You were dating a Nazi? Huh? Were you dating a Nazi? No, I was dating like a hardcore fucking liberal. Oh, gotcha. That just couldn't get into any of the leftist shit. And that that wasn't even the problem of the relationship. But uh, no, I just fucking wanted to call and say that Nazis are all pieces of shit and all that good stuff. Uh, I knew a Nazi and I worked with one uh, back when I lived in Lincoln City a couple years ago. And this fellow was like this totally spun out, always angry as fuck. Like he'd be man in the register and uh he'd see a black couple walk up and he'd throw his hands down and be like, I can't do this. He'd go hide in the back and make me ring them up because he didn't want to be in the same room with these black people. I'm like, what the fuck? So I just constantly gave him shit, constantly made him feel bad, constantly did everything to irritate him. And he eventually got really depressed because he couldn't deal with it and just left. Good. Like, oh, I made him nice. feel so bad Smell for being later. a fucking Nazi that he just got all depressed. He's like, I can't do this job anymore, and he left. Good. And he was, like, getting so mad at customers and yelling and screaming and, like, ripping his shirt off. Like, he was nuts. He would rip his shirt off? I knew guys like me. that. I knew guys that would rip their yeah. shirt off when they got mad. It used to crack me up. That That's like when guys yeah. would punch, like, would punch their wall when they got mad. It was always so funny to me. Like, that cracks they, like, me up every time. Yeah. I knew this guy that used to punch the side of his house. He would, he would go in, and he would like be like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna go in and ask my dad for some money." 
And he lived in like a split level house. So one side had a part that came out. When you walked out the door, you were kind of right next to the house. He would go in. He'd be like, Dad, can I have $5? And his dad would be like, no. And then he would just walk out the front door and just start punching the side of the house, like, just over and over again. There were so many knuckle yeah. marks in the side of the stupid <laughs> house. He always had a bad finger. Never had a good finger. Yeah, I, had just, a- I used to laugh at him so hard. But, yeah, this dude had, like, a little piece of shit car with, like, the rebel flag on the back. And when he took his shirt off, I wasn't there for that day. But everyone said, like, yo, he's got a big old swastika on his chest. Uh, and, like, that's why he always wears the fucking shirt. Uh-huh. He got super mad at someone and just couldn't deal with it anymore. And it was just like, wow. Also, that's another thing. People need to stop calling it the rebel flag because there's nothing at all rebellious about it. It was a nation of fucking, like... You know, tobacco plantation owners. There, there's nothing rebellious about it. The black flag is rebellious. The street fight flag with the uh, anvil and the beer kegs that you guys did in the nation building zine, that's a rebel flag. <laughs> Fucking sickle hammer, that is. But, like, I don't know why they call it a rebel flag. Yeah, it's just it feel cool. for the most traditional things possible, the status quo. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck that Nazi. Right, right. We we have to get we have to get going. We've gone over our time, and we've gone off the That's air on the radio. But it's so great. Oh it, shit! It, I, I feel for you with your girlfriend. I hope everything works out, and you find another sweetie. And uh, fuck yeah, Nazis sure, with you. I'm with you on the fuck Nazis yeah. thing. I'll I'll try to call in a little bit more now that I uh, probably can. You know. But yeah. anyway, you guys take always- it easy. Solidarity with Hurricane survivors. Yeah, absolutely. We're always here. Solidarity with Hurricane survivors. All right. So I'm going to get marching home, and you guys take it easy. Keep fighting the good fight. Good night, bud. All right. That was Street Fighter Radio call-in show. Three magnificent hours. We had some good ones in there this time, right? The the uh, hurricane update was really good. That guy fucked his sister. The guy that, yeah, <laughs> found out he fucked a half-sister. That was unfortunate. Um, lots of things going on. So you, if you want to hear more of what we do... Subscribe to the show on iTunes. Give us a review. That helps. You've heard that before about podcasts. Um, you can also find us on Google Play and uh, Stitcher, plus the other podcasting apps. If you want to support what we do, we have a uh, website. We have, sorry, you can do that on Patreon.com, uh, Patreon.com slash Street Fire Radio. We have lots of bonus content available, including our own uh, commentary on Undercover Boss episodes that have been pretty popular. I'm going to release the Great Wolf Lodge one very soon. So uh, stick to the descent. Stick to the asking questions about the shape of the earth. And keep fucking shit up. We'll be back later this week. We're Street Fight. Peace.